Hello and welcome to Don't Be the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys, the masters of the geeky verse. Today we have myself, TC, Toy Story, the Dungeon Master, JJ, Bojo, hello, and a special guest and also a friend, Alan G, longtime comic collector. Maybe comic grader on the side, comic historian. Uh, why don't you say hello there, Alan? Gentlemen, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, sir. How you doing, Alan? Uh, it's been a long five weeks, but I'm doing yeah. okay. Awesome. Hopefully well, you can uh, talk some comics and just relax. Yeah, yeah, just uh, kind of pinch me if you see me dozing off. Well, that's okay. all good. Absolutely. <laughs> Stab you with the metal pencil. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> good. First, we steal all Wonderful books. human being. And then do that. Yes. <laughs> but you can't have the... That would be the first one taken. Yeah. <laughs> Alan brought a special show and tell item, which we're not going to, sh- we can't show, but we'll tell. There you <laughs> go. We'll, we'll, we'll show later. Yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. But um, how about we start with um, a little geek news from uh, Mr. Toy Story Absolutely. over here? Not too much since last time, but we'll get into it. In a last stitch effort to beat out James Cameron's Avatar as the highest grossing film of all time, Marvel and Disney are re releasing Avengers Endgame in select theaters this weekend. The film will feature a video introduction by director Anthony Russo, plus an unfinished deleted scene and a special first look at Spider-Man Homecoming, which comes out next week. Fans who buy a ticket will also receive an exclusive piece of Avengers art featuring an illustration of Tony Stark's Nano Gauntlet. Avengers Endgame currently sits at just over $2.75 billion in revenue and needs to make around $36 million more to beat out Avatar and secure its place at the top of the list. Do we think it's going to happen? You do a great job it's reading. Gotta. I don't. You're a great reader. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally uh, think that it's irrelevant because it was already pulled from the original release. So any revenue, it, any revenue from this weekend should not be added. To uh, you total. also have to realize that the Avatar um, was across 42 weeks. That revenue that they're pulling it from. This but has been, what, 16? Yeah. So they, they shouldn't have pulled. I think it's a great idea. They do. I hope you know, you know I how hope The Phantom Menace was re-released in 3D a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That went towards the total. Yeah, and really? moved it up on the list. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. I know. Do you think it's gonna beat it? Um, I hope it does. I don't <laughs> want to hear about Avatar anymore. Avatar doesn't matter. You know what's gonna be great? The second movie is gonna crash and burn. I guarantee you. The second yeah, Avatar. Yeah. What it's, about the it, three, four, and five? <laughs> <laughs> Six, seven, eight. Wait and see. <laughs> don't care about it. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it does. That's about all I wanted to contribute to that, unless anyone else right. does. Nope, yeah. don't care. <laughs> uh, I just want to point out that it's uh, it's Spider-Man Far From Home, not Spider-Man Homecoming. I am so sorry. That's all good. Wow. Sorry. Just, uh, Shut you down. Jeez, I had to throw me under the bus. Like I, that. I, 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 you know. We appreciate that, Bojo. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, sorry, you can go home. And we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to keep... Would like to read the next one? Uh, I could. Go for it. Let's, see, let's hear the best radio voice. Uh, I don't know about best. Um, so the filmmaker responsible for, for breathing life into the Star Wars universe, or, or sucking the life out of it, depending on who you ask, uh, is going to be trying his hand at comic book writing. J.J. Abrams, along with his son Henry Abrams, will be teaming up with artist Sarah Pacelli for a new Spider-Man miniseries. Uh, the pair are introducing a brand new villain to the Marvel Universe called Cadaverous in the five-part miniseries, which will arrive this September. That was beautiful. That yeah. was awesome. That was much, that was much better. You could take over. Yeah, he, he was oh. his better radio voice. You just, you just write it. He'll read it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Toy Story. <laughs> um, 
So this is I think this is kind of cool. Uh, this was like a big countdown that they had on online. They did like the the four, the three, the two, the and one. It really screwed everybody up. Yeah, everybody totally something different. Everyone actually had some really good ideas too. Yeah. Um, I love the idea that maybe there was going to do like the Sam Raimi Toy Story. Uh, not Toy Story Four, Spider Man Four, like as a comic book. Like I would read that. I would. Really? No. I would. Oh come on! I would love to see some I of the stuff that I was. I never go back and watch those. I'll be honest with you. Really? I enjoyed the first one a little bit. Okay. Um, and mostly because of uh, Defoe. Yeah. Why the cover second, the chin? The second one, everyone loves the second one. It's, it's my, true. It's. I mean, if the third one wasn't so terrible, I wouldn't like the second one at all either. Hmm. But hey, Spider-Man How in the movie. Harsh. Yeah. And this coming from a Spider-Man fan. Yeah. Wow. That's why. That's why, he's that's why I'm the harshest critic. Wow. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. All right. Keep going. Keep uh, going, because you're better at this. All right. <laughs> so so uh, let's talk about Jonathan Hickman's X-Men. Uh, superstar comic nice. book writer Jonathan Hickman has expressed his discontent with the current state of the X-Men universe on Twitter. Uh, just a few weeks before he set to relaunch the Marvel's Band of Mutants, he wrote, X-Men continuity is some nonsense. There are no rules here. There is no order, just random, unconnected gibberish. Hickman's complaint garnered support from fellow X-Men writers such as Zach Thompson, one of the masterminds behind the current Age of X-Men event. Hickman, along with artists uh, Pepe Pelaraz and R.B. Silva, will be relaunching the X-Men, beginning with two new miniseries, House of X and Powers of X, which will hit comic shelves by the end of July. So, two things I wanted to hit on. Sure. What what other... Are you aware of other stuff Hickman's worked on? Oh, man. He's done a lot. Because I'm not really that familiar with him. All right. What are are his big... Uh, Hickman's biggest stuff was probably like it all led up to Secret Wars. Um, so he he started off in independent comics. He was actually a Wait, which Secret Wars? Like the most recent one, the one oh, that reset okay. the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Hickman's rise uh, comes from uh, he started off doing Fantastic Four uh, around like the five seventies, and he did that three storyline which killed off Human Torch. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really big like cosmic look at the the ff um it kind of he garnered a lot of, of praise um people felt it was like probably the most sci-fi big bombastic ideas um on the title since probably kirby and and lee were on it okay so nothing good gotcha wow. <laughs> i was waiting for that wow. from there he did the uh, avengers new avengers which led up to secret wars which was pretty cool so the second question was i was a little confused by is he trying to say that the the x-men don't need to be in like a continuity state or the current state is the current state is garbage he's saying that every agreed everything is garbage with their continuity it needs to go back to like claremont um continuity where everything like connected with each other and it made sense like now it's just i i I stopped reading a long time ago because it's just like i don't know what the hell's going on here anymore Mm -hmm. i you know many titles too yeah but when you do that you realize how many people will go out and buy i know maybe not little kids i know that doesn't but make it right. <laughs> listen, you know, if you're trying to run a business, you want people to buy more books, not less, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you got to think about this from a business point of view. Yeah, and eventually people are going to smarten up and, and realize. And, oh, and again, with the X-Men, like, it's it's messed up when you do this with, like, Spider-Man because he's one character where you spread him across, like, 16 books. The X-Men, there's, like, a thousand of them. Like, you can't fit all the X-Men in one book. Yeah. Like, you have to spread them around, and that's what is easier to done about the x-men because you know some of them are cool like you you you, you stick a couple crappy ones with really cool ones 
and then you spread them around. Basically what they did in the 90s. <laughs> they did that in the 90s. They did that recently with uh, X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, X-Men yeah. Gold. Um, I, I think he's not necessarily wrong. It's kind of it, – it's so – Oh, no, I agree. Here's, here's the challenge. Here's the, the fun thing I love to talk about when I talk about comic book continuity and how it can get out of hand. Try explaining Cable to a non-comic reader. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'm reading through 1993 right now, and I was just like, Cable, cable I almost is... think I kind of know maybe who he is. <laughs> C- cable is the son of Cyclops and a clone of Jean Grey. Um... But I don't think he is. I think Strife might be. <laughs> it's not clear. Oh, my God. Oh, Apparently, oh. it might be that... That he's the clone of Strife, or is it the other way? Is Strife the clone of him? No, no, he has to be. Uh, Strife <laughs> has to be the clone. Uh, Strife has to be the clone of Cable because Cable was infected with the techno-organic virus in X Factor '68 during like the mere mere. Wait, mere. Uh, all right, I'll get it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Regardless, um, like he he I'm has the techno. Or- I finally figured out who Cable is. <laughs> <laughs> Whose character is Cable? Who who came up with Cable? Hmm. Robert Liefeld. I, I know. <laughs> I was trying to cause some controversy. Of yeah. course you were. Um, can we just call him Voldemort from now on? He who yeah. shall not be named. Yeah, yeah. Let's just call him Voldemort. You know who. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. All right, and our, our last bit of news. Uh, Toys R Us lives! Yay! The retail chain that was once the largest toy store in the United this. States. Mm. Ah, toys. No wonder Toy Story wrote about this. <laughs> so the retail chain that was once the largest toy store in the United States will be returning at the end of this year. TRU Kids, the company built out of the remnants of the original Toys R Us, will open up 10 new stores, each about half the size of the originals, and featuring additional interactive experiences for kids. Toys R Us originally closed down all of its stores last year after it had become apparent that there was no feasible way out of the financial trouble that they had gotten themselves into. Crazy. My, my wallet's already screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, right before it closed, I walked through um, the Toys R Us I used to go to back in uh, in Little Neck, uh, Queens. And no wonder they went out of business. Yeah. It looked exactly the same as when I went into it 20 years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got to agree. They, they didn't, like, update or Nothing. keep with the changes. It was like, okay, this is, like, exactly when I was a teenager. Yeah. Yep. yep. Like, the Legos were in the same spot. The action figures were in the same spot. And, and it was so damn expensive, too. If they would have still had the toys in there from that era, though, that would have been cooler, though. They would have made more money. Well. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, look, there's still He-Mans in the box here. I'll just pick one of these. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. All right, that about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll add something. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't know if anybody saw the uh, the video, um, the Ghostbuster uh, video today. So Paul Rudd, right? Paul Rudd. So yeah. it started out with uh, some guy video doing a – a Facebook Live staring at the uh, the firehouse. Um, where is that at? It's in Brooklyn. No, no it's, it's in. No, it's in the city. You probably know better where yeah, it is. It's um, it's in Tribeca area. Tribeca. There's a there's a great bar called um, uh, what's it called? Crap. Um, whiskey. Um, something library. Whiskey library, bourbon library. Okay. I think it's something. It's awesome. All right. But it's right across the street from there. So Do they have whiskey. So, well, if it's well, I'm gonna go in it real quick. So it has like one of those. <laughs> it's like it's basically like, um, I think it's called Bourbon Library or Ooh. Bourbon something. But it has um, it has all these um bottles and stuff like that, really nice ones. And they have like one of those sliding ladders, like next uh-huh. to them. So like it has like a library feel. And they do these flights. Like they're pretty they're pretty expensive, but um, you get like really expensive like alcohol. Like tequila, you'd have a tequila flight that's like a fifty dollar flight. 
but you have like you get a shot of like tequilas that are like oh, see, that's pretty cool. Bottle. Yeah, it, it's, it's check cool. That out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We should nice. all go Let's go right now. We <laughs> <laughs> shut this down live from the library. So, yeah. so, uh, so it was uh, a dude, you know, doing a live. Uh, I think it was a Facebook live, um, and it was he was pointing it at the firehouse and. Just talking about it, and then all of a sudden he turns the camera around and it's Paul Rudd. Saying, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I didn't see that. <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. So we're, I'm excited to see Paul Rudd because I like him. I, 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 I just watched that almost 40. What was it? Movie he was this, 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 this is 40. 40. This is 40. And it's just, I like him as an actor. So you know, he's the, you ever seen the movie Clueless? Yeah, he's the guy yeah. in that. That's yeah. how long he's been around. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what year was that movie? Like 1994. And yeah. he looks the same then he as he does changed. now. I mean, he, he does a little bit. Yeah, but he's he's one of those ageless looking guys. But yeah. I'm I'm excited to see him in a, in the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, he's so pretty he's cool. Just, he's just a funny guy. It's, nice. it's a perfect. He's the perfect type of um, personality. Like a lot like those other guys to join that show. He's almost like kind of like a little bit of a Dan Aykroyd type. Uh, I wouldn't say he's um. Ooh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray is like th- he's just too unique. Like almost like the only other person who's kind of like him is maybe Jack Nicholson. But Jack Nicholson's mm. on a whole nother level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Cool yeah. news. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So jumping from there, we're gonna go right into Mr. Allen's origin story. Is that my cue? <laughs> <laughs> Are you awake? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm awake. Going back okay, what time. do you want to know? <laughs> we want you to start from the beginning. What was it that got you into this geeky culture? It doesn't necessarily have to be the first comic book you read, but what was the thing that kind of like, hey, this stuff is pretty cool? Well, to be perfectly honest, uh, if I didn't get sent to detention <laughs> in the third grade, I never would have been collecting comics. Yeah, I see. Uh, I was in the back of the classroom flipping baseball cards with a friend of mine. <laughs> busted, busted for flipping comics. So, uh, comics. I flipped baseball cards. I am tired. Um, <laughs> teacher grabbed my card, said I'm not going to get them back until June 30th, and I have to spend a week in detention. Back then, in grammar school, detention was you had to kind of sit in the lunchroom, last table, all the way in the back. You couldn't eat until everybody else ate, and you had to sit by yourself. Jeez. So, you know, those lunchrooms <laughs> have those long tables. So I walk over, and I see this four guys sitting at the end of the one of the tables, two guys on each side, and they had a giant pile of comic books right in the middle. And I knew these guys from my mm-hmm. class. You know, they looked at me, walk over, and I'm kind of looking. So they look at me and they go, "Hey, you, uh, you're interested in comic books?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah, sure." He <laughs> says, "Well, you can join our comic club if you want. You can hang out with us. You know, you could read some books, but you have to go and buy three to five books every couple of weeks, and we trade and share, and you know." Uh, so to interject here, at that time, was that cool or uncool? We're talking like 1973. That was pretty cool at the time. Okay. So that's that's on the madness. Just curious how the culture has changed from from time to time. Well, it was strictly a hobby. It mm-hmm. was just something that we did because it was fun. Yeah. We had um, you know these characters and, the, and these books were on TV and cartoons. Um, every Saturday morning, you had uh, <clears throat> on Channel Nine. You had the um, it was a Fantastic Four. You had uh, the Incredible Hulk. Um, it was Spider-Man and I believe uh, Captain America. The, no, it was, was Spider-Man and Friends. No, this, this was like the 1967 the series, but they played oh, them through just, the 70s. Yeah. yeah, and the animation sucked. It was all that stop-motion stuff. You know. <laughs> um, so you had something to relate to. You, know, you saw them on TV and they were in a comic book. So I would sit with these guys every day and I noticed one of the guys was actually sketching a cover. He... he he was a really good artist. And this is, we're talking 10, 11 years old. 
He was sketching a cover of, I think it was, um, an, oh God, it was an early um, Marvel Tales. I know it was a 20 cent cover. The pile of books on the table, all 20 cent, maybe 25, it might have been, it was either 73 or 74, because I know there were a lot of 20 cent, maybe a couple of 25 cent covers on there. I know, I know awesome. uh, <laughs> there were some 15 centers, and there was a whole pile on the side of all the uh, 60 cent uh, DC uh, thick books, the uh, hundred page pages, giants. yeah, yeah. Those, those wow. nice. yeah those the hundred really page nice. giants, yeah. and these were like all off the newsstand. So I would go to my neighborhood, you know, newsstand. Yeah, I was on. Uh, I lived in Brooklyn at the time, so um, I'd only have like a buck. You know, I, I I had no parental support whatsoever as far as hobbies. Anything I wanted, I had. I, I was given no no money. This is all on my own. So okay. I, I delivered newspapers. I did what I had to do to make to make a couple of bucks. So, you know, I'm looking at the spinner rack, and I see all these 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 titles, and I'm looking. I'm saying, well, you know, I only have a dollar. I can only get a few. So, no, I don't buy Spider Man one twenty nine. I don't buy Hulk one eighty one. I say, well, you know what? Marvel Tales has two characters. Marvel two and one. Marvel, you know, double feature has Iron Man, and you know, so I. To, to get the most out of my dollar, I, I bought those titles because it had more than one character in it, thinking <laughs> I'm doing the right dollar. thing. So I, I, you know, I, I leave the good stuff on the spinner rack and I bring all these books back to uh, uh, ju just a handful of books. So I was accepted into this, this it was just me and four guys, into this comic club. And uh, I, I, I was trying to find a way where I could find back issues. You know, again, back then, there were there were hardly any shows. If there were, I didn't know about them. You know, no internet. Right. If you were smart enough to get the, um, there was this publication called the Comic Buyer's Guide. Right. And if you got that, then you could sort of know where th you know where things were happening as far as the shows were. To me, a show was f a foreign thing. I had no clue that right. there was anything called the comic convention. So, I'm walking in my neighborhood and I saw there was a bookstore. And I just walked over to the bookstore. It was on Brighton Beach Avenue where I used to live. And I saw it said, you know. Used books, paperbacks, periodicals, comics. Hmm. I go in, and it was a family-owned place. It was a really small store, but it was long. And you walk in, it had that paper smell. Yeah. You know, you can't oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm there. That just by your paper smell was just, yeah. you know it, it was really like. good. <laughs> I go in, and you know the guy. The, he was like a high school guy sitting behind the counter. You know, it must have been the son. And I said, uh, do you uh, have comic books? Those are on the sign of comics. And the guy was like, hey, man, you went to comic books, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of those kind of guys, you know. So takes me in the back of the store, and they had these big metal racks, these the, uh, storage racks. And he pulls out this shallow uh, cardboard box, and it was like the size of a double-sized mattress. Oh my God! Pulled it out and it was just loaded with comic books, just Jeez. back issues. Oh, sorry, wow. sorry, my eyes widening I open was just, wasn't uh, didn't translate through. And listen to this: <laughs> they were twelve cents a piece. Oh, just God. used back issues, and I just went through them, and I. What did you buy? What, what did you pick that, up? That, Come that on, action, you found something good. That action one was fifty cents. And there, you were didn't buy of, it, there were a lot of there were a lot of. There were a lot of fifteen centers. I remember taking all of those. Um, just basically what this guy would do, he would go to the newsstands and buy whatever wasn't selling. And he did this for a number of years. Right. So things he didn't want, he'd put in this giant box. And I was like the only one who asked for these, to ask to see comic books in years. 
after a while things caught on and you know yeah it, it was it was uh, it, it wasn't uh, easy to get back issues but that's where I was going for back issues now this really impressed my friends I didn't tell them where I got these <laughs> yeah, books from and they were like oh wow you yeah know. they'd run to your stash <laughs> yeah so yeah. Uh, but it was funny well, the first time I, when I went to the store when I went to the to the counter to pay the guy he was reading a copy of a comic book called Trapped. Okay, and we could talk about that in a little bit. It was a promotional comic that was, uh, it was from the early 50s. It was given out to schools. It was like an anti-drug comic book. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, and that was, uh, there's a story behind that where it was a scarce book and then all of a sudden, hordes of it were all over the place and it just tanked. tanked. Yeah, but hmm. I remember seeing this comic book and he told me he got it from his school library. <laughs> you know, that, that was, it's, like I said, there's a story to that book if you... I can. Uh, so, so the guy who's called you, man, hey, man, he's really like, hey, I got, I'm reading this book on drug abuse, man. <laughs> you can't get this on the newsstand, man. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, is that place still there? Nah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> that I, had, I had to ask. I figured yeah. no, but but in <laughs> fact, a, a block a block past that store was a uh, actually was a, it was um. Sort of like a, a five and ten, they used to call them back then, a five mm. and ten shop. Mm -hmm. It was called Youth World. Five and dime. Five and dime, yeah. <laughs> it was called Youth World. And they had, I, I, I could see this, they had rows and rows of the original 12-inch Amigos. Ooh. Yeah, Spider-Man, <laughs> or just the stuff that's like three, four grand a pop now. Wow. It was $2.49 plus tax. That damn tax. Too rich for blood at the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know. that's, that's a lot of newspapers being delivered. You can't have money for tax <laughs> in elementary school. Yeah. So before we get into anything else, yeah. one of the stories that I want you to share is the first time you ever went to something close to a comic book convention. Was it your dad that took you to this one? I forgot the story. This man guy gave me a uh, – he, he had this flyer for this uh, – I think it was monthly or bimonthly show. It was a Sunday show in New York City. Uh, it was run by this uh, guy. His name was Phil Suling. Uh, mm. He used to be, uh, I think he was one of the original guys that was distributing. He was, a, he was like one of the early, early distributors in comics. Oh. And he used to run these, these Sunday shows. Uh, oh, by the way, as a disclaimer, everything I'm mentioning is purely from my <laughs> childhood memories. If I am wrong, or if there's anything that doesn't add up, please feel free to correct me. This don't, is just, I mean, anyone worry, who's, Alan, who's no listening. One listens to this. <laughs> well, well, to the five or six people that are actually paying attention, again. You'd be surprised. Yeah, they're they're seated at this that. table. <laughs> this is just strictly from what I recall. Yeah. But anyway, I, he gave me this flyer. <laughs> To, you know, for these bi-monthly shows in New York City was at the McAlpin Hotel, which was like, you know, uh, you walk in there and the, just the, you know, it was, it's like, you know, you... you it was a, one of those one of those yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it not a, not a kid-friendly hotel. Sticky floors. Anyway, you go up, you know, hey. you go, you, the elevator takes you up to the, I think, the seventh floor or eighth floor. You go to one of those ballrooms and you pay your $2 to get in. And as soon as you walk in... Everywhere. Just... Wall-to-wall -wall tables, nice. boxes. And I mean, this is the kind of stuff I would create a time I've never for. seen. Totally I've never seen it. comic <laughs> books like that before. And the first dealer that I remember seeing was Sparkle City Comics. Really? Wow. wow. That was the first dealer that I remember huh. seeing. The original Sparkle City Comics. Hmm. Uh, they, you know... Uh, and they were a New York-based company? No, they weren't. They were... A, they Sparkle City was actually... They were at Dayton, Ohio, I believe. They started 77, maybe 76, and they were like the biggest 
they, they were heritage before heritage. They right. were metropolis before metropolis. Wow. They had like the eight tables set up. Mm. They had everything. So that was a big deal for them. Even though they were coming from Ohio, like that show was a big deal for them to go to. They had yeah. they were like the that was the, the main that the was main, the main yeah. attraction, attraction. Mm. and they did things that you know you take for granted now like you know they they you you walk in they were the first dealers that you saw they had to be right in front as soon as you walk in you saw them they had uh, they used backing boards no one no one used backing boards before they had comic books displayed um, there, nobody had the wall units that everybody had boxes and stuff just to go it through. was boxes. And you had uh, the more expensive books were on the table in the middle with plastic covering over it. So you had to kind of reach under it and pull the book out if you wanted to see it. But the dealers that had wall space, you see, wall space is more expensive back then. So what they would do, and this sounds ludicrous, they would actually tape their comic books to the Uh. wall with masking tape. They were in plastic bags, but they would tape them to the back of the wall. So... I remember one of these shows. I went. I saw an Action One taped to a wall with a price tag of fifteen hundred dollars on it, oh my God. and I was like, "That could have been a million dollars to me." Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean you're it right. Could, it you're could right. today as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're that, right. that, I remember seeing that. That was wow. just that's wow. You mean fi- you mean five? Is it that high now? A higher grades? Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's that's just amazing, Alan. That was, yeah, that was like one of my, I mean, I went to that show, it was, I think it was every other month. And, uh, so were you into it for collecting or just like reading at that point? I was reading a lot of DC. I was reading, uh, my, the, the character that got me into reading is, is actually Captain Marvel Shazam. That's actually the first book that I bought off the newsstand, which I still have. Shazam number one, 1973. You you still have that exact book, that exact copy? Yes. Ah, I have the same deal. So is that a pedigree? That's awesome. (laughs) That's probably a pedigree, isn't it? The no. gold scene pedigree? Yeah. I, I, I mean, the G you, pedigree. Know, you, you know, you joke it. <laughs> the G joke, copy. You, you joke about it right now. His collection will probably one day become a pedigree. No, because that, it wasn't all part of the same uh, location. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to well, that. We'll, we'll talk to what, a pe- well, what I think a pedigree should be. Okay. Or the definition we'll of, of a pedigree. But no, that was the first comic that I, I bought because, um, you know, again, watching all these cartoons, you were able to, you know, relate to these characters. Shazam was actually a, a live action show. Yep. yep. On, it was on mm-hmm. Channel Two. Yeah, my dad's been rewatching on DC. Yeah, and Universe. I I bought the uh, I bought the um, <laughs> the DVD set, and I can't believe how silly they were, but it's just it's it's cool. I mean, it was the, one of the first live action shows of a character that I liked before I actually knew that he was. Yeah. Right. That's that's awesome. So, what are your kind of like biggest, I guess, observations? Like you mentioned, you know, they were the first ones to do bags of, you know, boards. And then, um, you know, no one had racks back then. You know, no. what, what was like, you know, how has the evolution really changed? Like, what did it go to like before it got to today? Like, what did you notice like first changing? Well, so I'm going to interject there quick. Did you always collect comics or did you have a period where no. you stopped? I collected, <laughs> I collected from, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I collected from 73 to about 80. And then I just kind of lost interest. You know, I became... I was well, how old were you by the time 1980 came? 17, 18. Yeah. Girls. I, I, know, why, right. I know why you lost interest. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, at that time, remember you asked me if it was cool to... Uh, believe it or not, it was not cool to yeah. be... Yeah. To be involved in that type of pop culture. I mean, listen, my life was freaks and geeks. Right. That yeah. show, I graduated cool. high school in 81. That show was set in 81. 
every one of those 18 episodes, oh. something happened to me that <laughs> happened in that episode. That's <laughs> hilarious. It, it's a great show. It is a great show, yeah, and it is, is dead, it. dead on. Yeah, that's awesome. That's funny. The so, experiences were so real. So during that time, did you like adopt any nicknames or anything like that? Maybe from like the Ninja Turtles, something. Like no. No, 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 maybe one of the villains. I don't know. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what you're getting at. I don't, I, I don't know. Did you? I, I was. I thought I heard rumors that you adopted an alter ego. Me, no, no. no. <laughs> Are we still talking about comic books? Um, it's about Alan G. AKA <laughs> <laughs> the Shredder. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to delve into that? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an open book. Since we're in the 80s. Okay. This wasn't the 80s. It was later? It was much later. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh. What, my stint with the... Uh... All right. Let, we'll, we'll come back to it. Right, go back oh. to that was later on. That was much, much we'll later on. We'll come back on. to it later. That's yeah. the I actually have a funny story about that that I can lead in with if, okay. if anybody wants. Well, I stopped collecting because, first, all my friends... We're gone. I mean, yeah. there's no more collecting friends. And again, it was fun when you had friends to do with. Uh, I was more interested in music. I was becoming more proficient as a drummer. Mm-hmm. I needed to buy drums. You know, I again, I had no support other than my, for myself. So I had to make a decision. You know, do I want to stay in this world and kind of be alone? <laughs> or do I want to, you know, I, I was starting to play in bands. I was playing with better better uh, quali- more quality musicians and I just didn't have the time to, to do both and also not having transportation not knowing you know being out of the loop really not knowing what, what what's hot what isn't I just again I just lost interest um, you know it's something that I, I I didn't sell anything I didn't get rid of anything right away but I, I just didn't I wasn't actively looking for books I just I wasn't you know I lost interest in the shows. I wasn't just, I just wasn't paying attention to pop culture the way I did then and the way I do now. So what was it that pulled you back then? Um, another TV show. There was a show called The Incurable Collector that started airing like in the late 90s. And I just, there was a segment on comic books and that just, uh, I, I, it just threw me back into, oh wow, I remember that, I remember this. So what I did was I just started uh, <laughs> I started rebuying everything that I sort of got rid of later. You know. Oh, so you did get rid of some stuff? I did. Over the years? I, I saved some Golden Age. Okay. I, I did buy a bunch of Golden Age books, which I still, again, I still have those as well. Were there any, well. like, standout nice. books that you remember that you let go of? Nah, nothing. No. Because I, I, I know your memory. If there was something that you let go of, like, at I the sold, time, you I known. sold an Aquaman one that I bought from some kid in Hebrew school. <laughs> that could have been I, your Aquaman one. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pay very much for it, and I think I got ten bucks for it at the time. Nice. It was low grade, so wow. uh, <laughs> it wasn't Allen quality. No, it wasn't. It was, but it was a complete Aquaman one. You know, nice. no pages missing. No, no. doesn't interrupt story. No. <laughs> nice. All right, so back to what your question was before. So it was just kind of like the evolution of you know cons, like from that day to there. You know. I mean, everyone knows who attends cons, what they look like now. I'm kind of curious, like, what was the in-between? Like, what, wh- how did they gradually get to where they were going? Like, what were the differences that you saw? Back then to cons now? Yeah. Well, there was no cosplay. <laughs> and, uh, hardly, hardly any girls. I mean, yeah. it was a sausage factory. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was a lot of guys, you know. Uh, it, it was just people buying and selling and trading comic books and some art. 
they were the setups really weren't elaborate. Uh, people that did have books for display that weren't taped to the walls were sort of like put. Uh, I remember one guy had a. It looked like an easel setup that he had books. Mm. They had books on. But it was just mostly boxes, a lot of bargain boxes. There were 20-cent boxes, 50-cent boxes. Um, you used to find a lot of good stuff. Oh, mm. sure. Yeah. What, what, so you, you mentioned art. Was there a lot of art, too, back then also? I remember art? There were some pages, but, again, they weren't going for stupid money. I mean, I, I remember one guy was selling, I think there were early Spider-Man pages, and I think he was asking... Fifty seventy five dollars a page. Oh talking about Ditko's, we're oh, talking yeah. about Ramitas. You don't know. Probably. Probably. It was in the <laughs> yeah. early seventies, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. been. What about creators? Were, were, did creators generally show up to these things or not? Like Stanley and stuff. Was he ever at anything? Stanley started showing up later on. They they okay. did. Um, I think in, in the mid seventies, didn't Stanley do his own? Uh, was a, a Marvel comic con. You tell us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was some sort of Marvel-sponsored show that Stan Lee attended. I saw on YouTube there's a bunch of clips of old Stan Lee clips from the mid-'70s where he's at a con talking to a bunch of kids. Uh, really, really low-quality stuff. But it, it, I, I was amazed that they – I didn't know that people actually saved that, archived that. Hmm. I don't think we should try to track those down. Track yeah. those down. There's, um, still there's definitely there. stories of him going, like – to different places too because i i remember reading um reading sorry listening to an interview uh that mcfarlane gave and he said he was traveling for like you know travel baseball and the hotel they happened to be staying at had some um some comic show there and stan lee was there and you know there wasn't a lot of people around and he and you know todd mcfarlane's like you mind if i sit with you for a little while he goes i don't know why anyone would want to sit with an old man (laughs) but go ahead and i was just like that's pretty cool to like mm. you know get into it at that time and That's like pretty cool. you know be able to like pick someone's brain who's you know so huge in the world just of to comics. someone yeah I, it, you, you know you, you say that but I feel like even like twenty years ago I, I remember a story oh, yeah, 100%, like 100%. Kirk, Kirkman did that he drove someone to and from the airport I think it was like Eric Larson I could be wrong <laughs> I might be completely off on this Kirk but like, the, the Walking like, Dead Kirkman? yes yeah. like Robert Kirkman when he was trying to break into comics like just like wound up hanging out at a convention with one of those like old timers not old timers but yeah. like you know one of the veterans and just like drove him to the the, the, the <laughs> you know the airport like got stuck in traffic with him and just picked his brain for like an hour and a half yeah gotta start it's, somewhere it's, it's amazing yeah, it's, some of that stuff happens it's funny man I don't remember seeing any creators there. I, or if I did, I didn't know who they were. Nah. So. Huh. Nice. nice. So when did you when did you start going to shows again? Probably. Was it right away or was it like into the 2000s a bit? I think I went to a couple of shows in the late 80s just to see what okay. was going on. I think after Batman in 89, hey. things started getting heated up yeah. again. A lot, of, a lot of... It took some of the um, kind of... Um, like the comical value, out of, you know, it stripped that away, and it's like, oh, these were kind of serious yeah. again. Because the people who weren't reading back then, you know, everyone thought of Batman sixty six. You know, Batman was a joker. It was a kind of a clown character. Yep. You know, Batman. You know, the eighty nine movie legitimized it again. You know, I I've told these guys before, but my dad used to have this like um, little like shipping container across the street from where Nathan's are. I don't know if you remember like that Coney Island area back yeah. then. People used to sell sell T shirts stuff like that. 
my dad used to buy these really nice elaborate i think it was like frank miller art ones in the city and sell them over in coney island and he was making money hand over fist well i do know the coney yeah. island area especially yeah. nathan's yeah it's <laughs> a good segue right across the <laughs> all right so since we've beat That's around a the great bush segue of this so many times why don't you tell us about your experiences at that nathan's okay for a very short period of time i was involved with competitive eating <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, and did you have a nickname? Just I was nickname? given a nickname. Okay. I, 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 it, it was basically uh, the the organization that ran this. And I, I, again, I I did this as a goof. It, it just seemed like a fun, dumb thing to do. Uh, I was always able to eat more than the average person. I said, Oh well, this, this seems like fun. I'll, I'll give this a shot. <laughs> so Nathan's every year has the Fourth of July hot dog eating contest, and you know, it used to be. Anyone could kind of get into it. It was it was no big deal. All of a sudden, they call this a sport. <laughs> <laughs> I, you got me on that one too. But uh, I, I. Well, I mean, Al, did you not train for that? <laughs> you did. Well, not 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 initially. Oh. Not initially. I I did. They have these. Uh, in order to get to the. Uh, main contest on the Fourth of July, you had to win a, a, a qualifier. So. Around March, April, Nathan sponsors all these qualifiers all over the country, which is like a mini contest. It was a 10 or 12 minute all you can eat hot dog contest. Mm -hmm. The winner of the qualifier goes on to compete at the 4th of July. So I went down to one and I, I won. And I said, oh, this, this was easy. I, you know, so, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it felt like uh, it was a cross between wrestling and shark feeding at the zoo. Or, or at the aquarium, rather. It was just, it was, a, it was very, it was weird. And how, how many hot dogs did you put down the first time? The first time, uh, 12. That was, was and that was the win? That was the win, yeah. Wow. I was a bunch wow. of nobodies, yeah. I just, I got lucky. Wow. So, um... As time went on, I, I got into this. It, I, it was fun, you know. I just, I, you know, uh, I wanted to, you know, compete with some of the upper echelon eaters. So I started training. And yeah. I don't want to get into the training techniques because you'll probably never want to eat again. But I, I got to. <laughs> Surprised I think my, you do. My you personal best was like close to thirty. I, I think I remember that. Yeah, and uh -huh. that's. Uh, I'm not. Was that at one of the uh, one of the competitions, or was it on your own training? No, that was at the competition. That was at the competition. I think 28 and a half or 29. I was a, was, was like that in 2010? Yeah, 2010. That was or, my last. Uh, funny story. That about, was my last uh, hurrah. Funny story about 2010. <laughs> so you went out on top. Funny story about 2010. My grandfather was in the hospital in Albany. Uh, that's not actually funny. That's not funny at all. Uh, what was funny was it was July 4th weekend, and I happened to go down from, if you've ever been to Albany Medical Center, there's like a, a sports bar that's basically like attached and on the first floor. Um, so I went visiting my grandfather uh, with my mom, my brother, uh, my aunt. Um, we go see him. We go down to the sports bar. We go eat. And the hot dog eating contest comes on. And <laughs> I'm looking up at the screen. And all of a sudden, I see Alan. I was like, I know that guy. Yeah, you knew him back then. Yeah, yeah. I know that guy. That's funny. I've worked with that guy. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Like I said, it was a lot of fun. What happened after a while, I realized that if I wanted to take it to the next level, I would have to train even harder. And I'm saying to myself, you know, do I really want to damage my digestive system, possibly to the point <laughs> of no return? And I, right. I it was a no-brainer to say, you know, I, I had enough, I had fun, I got on, you know, I, I, I made, listen, this Nathan's contest, even though it's kind of goofy, 
it's a big deal for a lot of people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, only about 10, 15 people make it, and hundreds try out for it. You made it five times. Five times, yeah. That's I mean, awesome. again, yeah. I'm not ashamed I did it. I'm not sorry I did it. But you know, when I got out of it, and the high came, you know, when when, when I sort of Took got a step over back. it. When I look back into it, I realized how kind of absurd it was. I mean, again, I, I'm not <laughs> knocking. I did it. I'm, it was fun. It was a point in my life where, I, I don't know, I, I just, I guess um, a lot of people that do this are looking for some sort of attention. I just did it because I thought it was fun. Yeah. And I was getting attention that I really wasn't looking for. Right. I mean, I was getting recognized in restaurants. And, and I, it was annoying, too. Last you know. year, the guy, the, the waiter recognized I still don't believe it. Where, 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 <laughs> he, told, he told us when we came back, he's like, don't bring the shredder here again. <laughs> so what, what a, besides hot dogs, what else were you, were, did you have anything else that you ate? We've derailed so much, but I oh love my it. God. <laughs> I love it. There was a, I mean, there was contests for almost every food. I, I've done, I mean, I was interested in this thing for about eight years. I didn't compete for That's eight years. a long years. time. No, I, no, 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 no. I was interested in it for okay. eight years. Okay. <laughs> I, I've competed maybe a handful of times. You know, a lot of these contests are in remote parts, parts of the country. Uh, you have to go there on your own dime. You know, it. it, it Did you go to Vegas? What was that? Didn't you go to Vegas? Oh yeah, that was an invitational. Mm. Yeah, I. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we went down the rabbit hole. Tell us. About Let's Vegas. just say Let's I got. Let's end no. it with Vegas. Well, there were two Vegas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there were three. There were three Vegas experiences with the uh, eating. The first time I went to Vegas to eat was um, this was actually the Plaza Hotel downtown. There was the uh, the twenty pound burger contest. Ooh, yeah! Oh, wow. Everybody got a twenty pound hamburger, and it was uh, whoever finished it first won. Um, I think I got through bun and all. Bun and all, yeah. Oh. It was, it was how, really, big, how big is the bun for something that size? Yeah, it was pretty Jeez. big. It, was pretty big. It, it wasn't pleasurable. It just wasn't a good. You know, I think I it's got hard through. To cook I, I got like that too. well. You know, they bake it like a meatloaf. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. parts of hmm. it were were weren't cooked, and yeah. you know. Yeah. So that was uh, the first Vegas experience. Um, the second, I think, Spike TV. I don't know if is that yeah, still yeah, on the air. Yeah, so it's still I think thing. it's Paramount Spike, now. Yeah, well, Spike TV did a a week long mm-hmm. sort of an elimination thing at the the organization. I, I remember ran. these, yeah. And I was invited to go, and it was it was, it was actually pretty cool. They gave me uh, an, I got an appearance fee. I got wow. you know uh, you know they paid for uh, lodging. You know, I got. Uh, Free back and forth to the airport. It was it was actually kind of fun. Um, I, I've never seen it. I I, I've ne- I actually I've never seen it. I've, I've never watched anything I've done. I, I've did it. I don't I don't need to relive it. I, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's floating out yeah. there somewhere, but I, I don't have any interest in it. Matt, Matt, make sure you put that. I've seen it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I, we got you. <laughs> Actually, uh, shall we? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess we should maybe talk about comics again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where the segue went. I mean, we went from 1980 to 2004. <laughs> so so we, we were in conventions. How about you talk about like how you started like working them, like how you got the experience with wanting to get more involved than just collecting? Um, I just made friends with all the dealers that I used to buy from, and I would say, hey, if you ever need any help, or if you know. 
ever need a hand, you know, you know, let me know. And a couple of, you know, I, I, a dealer that I used to work with, who won't mention any names, I, you know, I, I used to help him. And he, uh, he had an extremely extensive uh, gold and silver age inventory and art. And uh, at the time, I, I knew nothing about the business. Mm -hmm. I, I was not, you know, I, I just did it because I like being around the books. So um, I was sort of being baptized by fire. I really, I didn't realize how hard it is nice to, term. to, you know, <laughs> I, to sell and to to believe in what you're selling is rough, you know, mm -hmm. especially when it's not your stuff. Yeah. So um, I did that for a while, and I just I just started, uh, you know, I started paying more attention to what people wanted, what people were asking for, um, you know. I, I, this the, now with so what, what I'm totally amazed at now is how um, how hot new stuff is and how valuable or I don't know if it's valuable but how much people are willing to pay for new stuff mm. and I just don't understand it <laughs> well I think what they're trying please explain to, they're trying to do <laughs> is they're trying to create the rarity of the newer stuff by doing like these covers and stuff like that you know, not doing manufactured know, scarcity. Exactly, it's a great, great term. Uh, that's what a lot of people are saying. It's manufactured uh, scarcity, and they're trying to make these newer things hot because not everybody can afford to get those older things. There's not a lot of them out there. On, on the flip side, there's also um, like the the big new first appearances or new characters show up, and people speculate on that. Yeah, um, and I I know from from the time that I used to order stuff for for the store, like you you try and stick with. You read that previous catalog every month, and you're just like, yeah, you know, is this going to add readers? Is this going to drop readers? That's is on this you to decide that. Um, and I and more times than not, you want to keep your profit margins as, as, as good as possible, as close as possible. So you order close to what the previous month's orders were, unless you re you have a really good feeling that something's going to happen. Um it's tough, right? It's really <laughs> tough. And so there, there actually is generally a scarcity. Unless the, the manufacturer, unless the publisher decides to print extra knowing that something big is going to happen, yeah. you're, you're going to have some scarcity on that. Just to, to talk on something you just mentioned. So the previews, um, it comes in book. You can also get yeah, it Yeah, previews online. catalog. Uh, it's a previewsworld.com yep. is the yep. online. Previewsworld.com. It's, it's really a great tool to use if people you know want to see what's coming out. Um, you know, get it, it has so much information in there. They have everything like two months in advance, I think. Yeah, it's it's it's, 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 it's just an additional tool that if you're not aware of, I would definitely check it out for sure. They do the solicitations. They they um they do solicitations piecemeal, uh, earlier in the month, before previews is uh, released in the comic shops. So like you can see like what what is you know DC doing in two months? What's Marvel doing in two months? What's Dark Horse doing in two months? What's Image doing in two months? And yada yada yada. And then you get previews and it's all together, all in one place. All the images, all the descriptions. You know who's on it, who's not. If there are alternate covers, what do those look like or not? Um, so it, that is a, a stupendous tool. Is it a really helpful tool? When you're ordering hundreds of books per week, yeah, it's stressful. And, and it's not just it's not just comic books either. They've got statues oh, in there. They've got action shirts, figures, action figures, magazines. It's actually a pretty good books. resource. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's just, you know, when you're when you're ordering, you want to try and hit those numbers exact. So, Alan, back to what we were talking about. Okay. So, you've you've done the comic work. You, you start getting into it. You know, you're kind of the one who I think taught a lot of the, the people at this table about what to look out for in terms of condition. You know, now that grading is hot, 
you know, the things that kind of stand out on the book? You know, how did, how did that happen? How, who taught you to kind of do that? Mm. Or did you kind of learn it on your own? That's a good question. Well, uh, let's see. That's a good question. Yes. Um, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, when you're buying something and you're spending money, right. big money on something, you want to make sure that it's what it's advertised to be, you know. And, you know, look, dealer wants to make a sale. You want to buy the book. You want to make sure you're getting something quality and in the condition that it's advertised in so you have to kind of teach yourself mm. i found the overstreet grading guide and i just immersed myself in it now not that that's the that's not a bible or anything right. but that's you know it, it was it's a, it's a, a place, it's a place to start it's a place yeah. to start it's you the know, size you, of a bible it, it's, yeah. it's yeah. there's a lot of examples um you know just look at a lot of books just you know after a while, you'll start to memorize. Oh, this, there's this chip, there's a dent, there's this. Oh, yeah, so there can't be any. You know, you could when you look at a book. The first thing when I try to grade something, I'll say, well, you know what? It's I could eliminate nine A through eight five. You give it like right a range, away. right? You can get rid of that right yeah. away, and you can get rid of, on the bottom edge. You can get rid of like two to like four five. So you have a little range to work with, and you just try to eliminate from the top bottom, top bottom until gotcha. you. Find that middle ground. Middle, no, now when CGC grades a book, they have a team. So, you know, they have three or four oh, people looking course. at a book, so one guy can call it something. Well, when professional graders grade it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we we're not supposed to mention? Well, no, we don't. <laughs> there, there's multiple companies. Well, you can out edit there. that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When uh, when a book is professionally graded, it's not just by one person. Yeah. So. Plus, they have their own standards too that may be different than what everybody else knows. Non-published standards. Exactly. So it's very hard to you know yeah. whatever you learn on your own, you don't know because yeah. that's why your book you can't, you can't always expect your books no, to come back no. what you think they are. So and would you, you can't trace you can't chase grades either. Would Would you say that your experience behind the counter, having so many books that you would have to go through that you were trying to sell, that you were looking at, that seeing the that multitude of books rather than just being a buyer looking at books, but being the vendor as well. Did that help you with grading? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it did because, again, you know, you can only look at your own book so many times. Right. Um, it helps to look at books that you're not familiar with. It also helps you know artists, to know writers. You know, again, I, I that was an area that I was have, have very little knowledge in, like, I don't know Jim Lee's Batman from Getty Lee's Batman. I just, you know, I, I <laughs> never, you know, I just don't know, you know. Um, oh, I do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was it? <laughs> oh, that was dead silence there for a second. Oh, yeah, you get out of that out, too. No, we're, we're definitely keeping that. All right, so I guess now that we got into kind of condition and stuff like that, one of the big things where it's – I don't think it's still really clear to us is kind of pedigrees, you know, older books, golden age books, you know, what, what qualifies as a pedigree? Well, there's like, a great I website guess, that you could check out. I guess yes, from, I will link to it fr from your understanding, but please do that. So there's a set um, standard. I don't know if you want to talk about your, what, what your in your opinion, because you said you had your own opinion about what pedigree should be, right? Well, I think it's the opinion that uh, is, is recognized by, you know, uh, <laughs> I thought there was an interruption. I mean, a pedigree is usually a very large collection, okay, uh, amassed by a, a one person, um, runs of, of 
various titles, multiple titles, roughly in the same condition, acquired by the same place, all firsthand. Yeah. Those are all CGC's criteria, actually. Okay, so there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and CGC has to continue to recognize it for it to be an actual I mean, a grading company. Pedigree. I'm so sorry, a grading company, yes. A grading company. <laughs> One of the independent third-party grading companies. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So um, have, you, have you ever owned any pedigree books? Like high and high ones? I actually have a few different, quote-unquote, I wouldn't say pedigree books, but from some famous collections. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I have one right here. Oh, yeah. you're the first person to bring something. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> show, and show and tell. Show and tell time, boys and girls. I have a comic book. It's a Strange Tales 107 classic cover. Mm -hmm. This is from the... What's the grade on it? It's a 5.5. .5 okay. White pages. Nice. This is Ooh. from... There's a certificate of authenticity. This is from the IRS collection. Ooh, please explain. Okay, I was at the... This is... I, I got this at the first uh, Eternal Con. Mm, yeah. Oh, nice. First Eternal Con, I'm walking around. I saw a guy had a little display, and it said... Books from the IRS collection, and I'm like, what the heck? And I walk over, and I, and I needed—I actually needed this, so I worked out a deal, purchased this book. It turns out that the IRS collection was a sixty thousand. Sorry, just move closer. Okay. It was a, <laughs> the IRS collection was a sixty thousand book collection uh, acquired wow. by a collector who used to work for the uh, Colorado IRS. His goal was to collect every book that ever came out, and what he would do. He oh was uh, he, he was yeah. a little finagler. He um, he allegedly uh, got into the computer system and he used to write refund checks for people that either died or that oh moved out God. of the Colorado area, <laughs> and he had these checks go to an address that he controlled, and he was oh, collecting wow. thousands and thousands and thousands oh of dollars a week, God. and he was supporting allegedly, his, or he was well, he, he well, was convicted. I believe he was convicted because the collection was seized, <laughs> okay, and it was auctioned off by a, an auction company to pay for the, you know, to, for restitution. Yeah. So uh, I got lucky, <laughs> lucky, and I got this one. That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, is it a pedigree? No, because I'm sure they were purchased from all different, you know, secondhand. Mm. But it's it's a famous collection. It came from one major source. So, th so there's also collections as well as pedigrees then. Yeah, yeah. So, so what other, just, is there any other ones that you Oh, like famous like collections yeah, that aren't famous. pedigrees? Yeah, well, uh, that are considered, like, people, known collections. Like, this is a known collection. This is right a known there. collection. Um, well, I know somebody that would like to think the Monero Hills are a pedigree. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was actually a famous collection. It was called the Tremont Collection. Um there were two brothers, this is from what I understand, two brothers in the Tremont section of the Bronx collected comics for most of their uh, childhood and adolescent life, and they amassed a huge collection. And uh, I think Metropolis uh, took, took the collection, and con they, they were consigned by Metropolis, and uh, I actually owned a few of those books. Really nice books, but again, they weren't bought all from the same place. Mm. They were all pieced out gotcha. all over, you know, from different, different secondhand uh, places. So they couldn't, they couldn't get a pedigree status. I think they tried, mm -hmm. but you know, it was turned down. But you know, the, the Metropolis made little uh, emblems for the books. It was actually pretty nice. That's cool. So yeah. even with the pedigree, wow. though, like even if it's the original owner, he could have got like that person could have maybe got it from like the same newsstands and stuff like that. Well, that's the thing. It's assumed that they they bought them off the stands and held them. There has yeah. to be like 
but research. There's no way, yeah, there's yeah. no way to tell that, okay, like, hey, his buddy bought like 10 of these. Well, I don't know. think they go into that deep. Yeah, that no, but it's – but he never passed them on yeah. from that point. I, all right, I get it yeah. for the most part. It's, it seems pretty yeah. clear fact. Well, do you want to talk about some famous pedigrees? Well, I mean, the Mile High pedigrees, that's probably the most mm-hmm. famous mm-hmm. recognized pedigree in the world. I mean – Probably the, 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 the greatest collection amassed by one person. It's the biggest and the highest grade out of all of them. Yeah. yeah. The I mean, highest average grade. The Mile Higher or the Church one? They're the same thing. Oh, it's the same thing. Mile High is the comic book company that bought the collection, and oh, Edgar Church is the original owner. Oh, so so which, what is it actually referred to? Both. Mile High copies or Church copies. Are they are they li- listed on the labels, the, the yeah. graded labels? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 What is, what's the name of the, on the labels? Mine says Mile High. It says Mile High. Does it say Church? Yeah. No, it just says Mile High. I think okay. some of the older ones said church. It said like Mile High slash church. Just, just curious. For mm. If anyone's out there and they're looking, you know, mm-hmm. if you buy a graded copy, you would want to see, yeah. look for that. on. It's usually on the back, right? Is it on the back or the front? No, no it's, it's, on the, it's on the front. The front label? It's on okay. the front. Yeah. I think it's in parentheses, too. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did you ever hear how when uh, Chuck Rosansky bought this collection, how he, what he saw when he first saw these books, how they were, how yes. they, they were arranged? They were stacked into... They were in a closet in eight-foot stacks, all stacked oh on top of each gosh. other. And you know how they were stacked? <laughs> spine, 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 yep. spine. You know. So spine. So, that you can so everything laid wow. flat. I do that all the time. Yeah. I'll flip stuff upside down. He walked in. I read, I read his blog about this. He walked in. He saw these stacks, looked at the books, and they were perfect. That's unbelievable. Absolutely perfect. Unbelievable. They, sit, they sat there for and 60 they were years. And they were the name of the person was Edgar Church, who owned them? Yes. And, and Chuck Rosansky is the, uh, the oh, owner of Mile High, High Comics. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, so wow. they, they were. Um, he went to look at these because they were auctioning off his house, the <laughs> house that they were in, and <laughs> whoever, whoever with the real estate agent or whatever was like, "Hey, listen, there's a bunch of comics in the basement. We need to get rid of them as soon as possible. Please come down. Just take them." <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! No, so he goes down and it's like, and forgive me, um, what's his name, Chuck Rosansky? Yeah, yeah that's wrong. But he goes there and it's just too much. Like this is how you should read the news, by the way. Yeah, I know. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Zach's job it's now. Passion- so. You are more natural this way. Yeah. I, he, he is right. Yeah, and yes. very passionate, too. Yeah, well, Zach's radio voice is better for news. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so he goes there, and it's just way more comics than he even fathomed. How many? Alan, do you know how many there were? 60,000 or something? <sighs> that, no, that it was completely off. This um, Edgar Church, as a kid, he must have been a very wealthy kid because to buy, to spend 10 cents a book in the 30s. When ten cents could buy groceries for the week, you know, I mean, yeah. that's that's real disposable income at the time. Mm. He tried to get every book from 1938 to 1950. I was completely I was off. It was eighteen thousand comics. Eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand. All stacked in this space. Still more than wow. I have. Wow. <laughs> so he gets there and he says to the real estate agent, "Yeah, I want them." And she's like, "Okay, you got to get them out right now." And he's like, "I have a an, an Oldsmobile. What do you want me to do?" <laughs> so he took them in batches. He stacked up the comics as many as he could fit in his car and drove like five miles an hour back to his apartment. Five miles. This is what <laughs> Detective Twenty Seven in Action One in the stacks, you know, and just back and forth until he had them all. There's actually a picture you of can't him. Can't see my face, but it's very angry. Right yeah. Now. There's <laughs> actually there's actually Why a picture of Chuck lucky? Rosansky with these books, yeah. sitting at his kitchen table, holding like the Batman one. It's and just stacked around his apartment. It's, and he said that wow. one of the worst things that he saw. Um, as he was loading the books, he'd look into like the, tr- the you know the, the trash cans or whatever, original art in the trash cans. That they threw out. They didn't oh. know what it was. Original he, he, art. He didn't see that. It was all like crumpled up and whatever. Wasn't Edgar Church and he also an artist? Take everything. I don't know. I didn't know that. I just thought this was my. Heart. He might have been an artist I and he kept and he collected all that stuff. That might have been his drawings that were in the trash cans. Right. Yes, it might yeah. have been actually. 
You're right. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my it's God. still That's probably so worth a lot of money now. This yeah. story makes me angry. Yeah. So at the time, <laughs> so at the time, it took him. It ended up taking him about ten years to resell everything, but the collection was kind. Oh, I don't of feel bad for him. <laughs> I know what was in there. <laughs> so the collection was kind of kept secret. Only a few people knew about it. There were there was like words about this crazy collection that was found, but nobody kind of believed it. And when he was selling the books, he priced all the books at two to three times whatever the guy price was at the time, which was completely unheard of. Mm. And everybody was very mad about it. Hmm. Yeah. He did that because he was afraid because they were so nice if he priced them guide that it would flood the market and completely like kill the rules. Yeah, destroy, market. yeah. yeah. You, have you seen any of these? Um, I'm specifically asking, have you seen the action ones on this collection? Have I seen it? No. no. I, I've heard about yeah. it. Only a few people have seen Very it. Very few people have seen it. Yeah. I, I've, I, I've actually seen... No, scratch that. Uh, the action one, uh, rumor has it that it would probably grade out a 9.4. Wow. Mm-hmm. $10 million easy. <laughs> <laughs> you think you really, you think so? $10 million? Listen, if a 9.0 sold for $3.2 million, I think that book could sell for $5 million right now. Easy. You know who would buy it? Uh, a celebrity would buy it. Yeah. It's 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. $10 million, wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah. So, just uh, whoever said Edgar Church was an uh, illustrator, he w- he was uh, for, looking for up who? Uh, for the Colorado uh, commercial telephone book. Oh, so not <laughs> comics. <laughs> uh, according to Wikipedia, which is uh, you know nicely brought up on my phone here, uh, Edgar Church was a comics collector and artist who worked independently and eventually for the telephone company in Colorado, illustrating commercial telephone book advertisements, precursors to the Yellow Pages. You were reading that very well, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, apparently, he used them for, like, you know, reference. Yeah. It's like he just like, amassed this giant collection of stuff that he would use for like, art reference. Yeah. They used to call that a uh, artist's morgue. Oh, cool. It's yeah. not really that cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's mildly cool. But, but so the he, more you know. He, dun, 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 dun. he illustrated I want that book. in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, how many books, were again, were in 18, the... 18,000. Uh, 18,000. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Do you uh, you know what the page quality was on a lot of those books? I don't. They were supposed to have had white pages. They really. Now, do you think since X number of years later, since they've been dispersed all over different parts of the country, even the world, do you think the atmospheric conditions, the humidity, oh, that's has the thing. affected? You know, that's well, one thing I was reading about how like these pedigrees they were found in this condition, but in you places know, where kind of yeah. But again, some of these some them. of these pedigrees were found in the seventies. You know, first of all. What's happening? First of all, being found in Colorado, yes. where it's it's probably That's the best conditions to collect comic books yeah. in. They were in a cold basement for yeah. fifty years. It is very low cedar, humidity, cedar mm-hmm. yeah. walls. No, yeah. it was like it was literally like a cedar. <laughs> no, I think it was in a cedar yeah. closet. Yeah, yeah, so yep. I mean, it wouldn't get mold. It wouldn't. Um, no bugs. No it was just the perfect pre-archival storage before yeah. my lights. You know. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I've been trying to look for a segue to uh, get to this. Okay. So, Along I've with, segued <laughs> along with uh, grading comics. Now you have a good deal of grading comics, correct? Yeah, but you're also a fan of not grading comics as well, correct? Correct. So, <laughs> for, and and you know, I I feel like the people who actually do that is kind of like it's dwindling. The people who don't want their books graded because you see the lines at all these grading companies at every con- convention. For someone who does feel that way and doesn't want to go and like trap their book forever. How do you recommend kind of um, preserving it without putting it in a piece of plastic like that? Well, 
your book should be in some sort of plastic bag. Uh, if you if you could put them in, I mean, if you want real good storage, put them in mylars or mm -hmm. mylites. You know, that's that's uh, that's archival storage. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to switch them out like you would the regular uh, polypropylene bags, mm -hmm. which trap the gases and the mold. And you, I mean, if you ever looked at an old collection, pull the bags off; they're all yellow. Yeah. That's what happens over time. Now, some of the new books, the, they don't use pulp paper like the old books. So I wish they did. I, don't I think, love that paper. I don't think that would happen. If you put um, the new books in the uh, cheap. They'll be fine. They should be because it's not real paper, I don't think. Right. I mean. Yeah, uh, I forgot what they call it. What do you, it's. Uh, it's still paper, paper but it's like a, it's coated. Yeah. yeah. It, but it's not the pulp, like the newsprint that they used to no, use for no. comics. No. It's Any, like some type of waxy yeah. material. So almost. that wouldn't break yeah. down. I mean, maybe in a hundred. 200 years but I, I don't think you would have that much to worry about as far as uh, the uh, paper breaking down and I know from one of your preferences on especially the older books you like the the open tops right because I know you, you've mentioned you like this idea of like the comics breathing a little bit is that a thing That's I've always I was always told I mean I, I, I don't know how true it is that you you should let the air out you know mm -hmm. if, the, if it's trapped but then again, when it's in a graded well, it's airtight. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how true that is. Um, I like the sleeves because it's just easy to take them out. There's no tape. I mean, if you're if you're oh. doing a lot of shows, okay, yeah. and you know you're constantly moving your books, I don't know if I would want them in the sleeves. But also, if it's the kind right. of old, expensive books that people want to get a closer look at, you know, much easier to take them out if you don't have tape. Yeah, but again, if you're bringing your books in in the rain or it's, yeah. You know, yeah. I, that's kind of a double-edged sword. The sleeves are four mil thick, whereas the bags are only two. And that's the Mylites two. The Mylites two, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. it is better protection to have them in the sleeves. But again, if you're keeping them in the house, if it's really tight, if it's not, you know, you're you're not really handling them that yeah. much. I like the sleeves just because, just because it's easy. And just to give people an idea, these aren't your typical bags and boards that you find like the back of your comic book store. store. These are called My Lights. They are on the more expensive side, but mm. these aren't for like, you know, the, your latest issue of like The Punisher or something like that. These are for books. What's the latest issue of The Punisher? What's that? What's what's wrong with the latest issue of The Punisher? <laughs> Listen, if you enjoy that book, then I, I guess whatever the highest value you can a, a test from all your books if you want to spend the I'm money on these my lights I, I think he's hey. saying that it's insignificant yes oh. yeah it's worth about less than what you paid for it already <laughs> 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 if you want to be frankly honest <laughs> it's pretty much like a car unless it goes up in value these books they're already worth less once you read them <laughs> true stuff <laughs> But the real my event. lights do make books look good. I mean, oh, you can they take, they do. take a, yes, a, a low-grade book, put it in a nice my light. Oh, oh my god, looks nice. People are secrets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pro tip: uh, touching back on what Alan said just a second ago, um, the tape on the bags, tape on like expensive books. If ever you're taking a book out, the best bet is to actually peel the entire piece of yes. tape off and put it on your hand or put it elsewhere so that when you're pulling the book out, it doesn't wind up getting stuck on the cover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely not saying that from personal experience. Definitely not something that's happened to me yeah, before. That, that happened with my detective. Oh, I've seen it happen. 27. <laughs> and that's just comic book etiquette. Like We should do a segment on comic book etiquette, like what you should do, what you shouldn't do. It's, it's kind of a good idea to like kind of walk people through like, how to go through a con like you know if you're looking yeah. through books like kind of like give people some tips alan alan you have to tell me you have to tell everyone your my favorite 
Comic Con story about a guy looking through a book. Act- uh, Amazing Spidey 300. <laughs> Speaking of comic book etiquette and how to handle books. Uh, this was a show I was working Oh, this is a long time. This is one of the, oh God, uh, what show was this? Probably one of the uh, monthly Big Apple shows when he had it at the p- uh, pavilion. Pen Plaza. Yep. Is that uh, still where it is though? That's where it's at. Still. But th- it was uh, it was actually every other month. It was it was. Uh, oh wow! He, he, I didn't know yeah. that. Before that, I think they were in St. Mark's Church, and I think one of my first oh. comic conventions was St. Mark's Church. It was probably like two thousand one, two thousand two. This is funny. Guy comes up to the booth and asks to see the Spider Man three hundred, and it was like maybe like a nine two ungrade. It was like mm-hmm. a, it was it was a high grade book. Takes it out, looks at it, looks at the cover, looks at the back cover. Opens the book very slowly, then starts rummaging through it. <laughs> like molesting the Molesting pages? the book. So he turned. Rifling pages. He turned a 9 2 into like a 7 5. Oh <laughs> I'm just shocked looking at him. And then he closes the book, puts it back in the bag, and goes, I'll take it. <laughs> wow. Okay. At least he bought it. <laughs> Oh, he would have, I think he would have bought it either. Just way. rifling <laughs> through it like he's like like he's looking for an address. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Jeez. He could have been reading the Wall out. Street Journal, just <laughs> licking his finger, turning the page. It was just he manhandling this book to to know, and and I'm like, I would have lost it. <laughs> and that's something I guess you got to be careful of, because really, especially you, yeah, that you're give, you're give, you're letting somebody who you don't know look at a book, take it out like. Well, you use your discretion. Yeah. If it's like a four thousand dollar book or something, it's like, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm going to flip the pages for you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's well, like I would never yeah. just give that. That's to like when a you break out the, the white cotton gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always ask permission. Can I take this out? You know, yeah. if you know the person, if you know the person going to handle the book, sure, why not? Or I'll always take it out for the person and give it to them on the backing board. Yeah. You know. Mm. Tape removed. Tape room. I, I throw the tape out. Oh, I throw it out, and I have a uh, we have a roll of uh, scotch tape yeah. dispenser. Do you just you put ever in the piece shred it. <laughs> shred it. <laughs> I I don't know about any of you, but the very few that I've actually, you know, they take it out is like my hands are like shaking while I'm like looking at it. Is like if it's an expensive book, yeah. It. It's like you know, even if a couple of hundred dollars, you know, is like I don't want to ruin thing, anything. You know, you know was, I'm like. Oh, Okay, take this away from me. <laughs> That's why I don't look through expensive books. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather them show it to me. Well, yeah. there's a there's an there's a a, a story. I'm, I'm not going to mention the dealer, but uh, there was um, an incident where a customer was looking at a Batman one, and he was handling it, and he insisted on putting it back in the <sighs> bag against the dealer's. Said, no, 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 I'll do this. that. And as he sliding it into the bag, he snagged the bottom of the spine on the bag, and he made like a, a two-inch tear on the cover. Oh, my God. Uh, the guy felt terrible, so, you know, they talked it out. And luckily, the guy, he's a wealthy guy. He, he paid the dealer, you know. He gave, the difference he, in grade, whatever he, it ended he, up being. He cut him a check for, you know, apologized up the wazoo, and he, he paid the dealer money, you know, to uh, – to make it right. I would never look at a raw copy of that book. Nope. I would just yeah. Yeah. No. It's just like, like it listen, needs to I be know, high in glass. I, I yeah. Knew, I, yeah. You know, know I your, to know your to limits for that to be able to, to grab it off the table. It was probably a four zero before the uh, the two inch tear. Two inch tear. Like, That's wow. insane. Yeah. So it, accidents happen, but you know, luckily this he wasn't some some guy that oh can I see a Batman bung? You know, it, it, he yeah. 
but that's interested in, in, in making a purchase. Yeah, stressful handling all that stuff too. Like if I ever found a golden age, you know, collection with all that stuff, I wouldn't even want to touch it. I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. Well, first of all, I'd that's not these are not the books that you want to handle at a show. Back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to go to a showroom. Or yeah. You yeah. want to go to a sit I'm down at a desk. Yeah, you don't want to do this at New York Comic Con. Yeah, you don't want to stand there where the lighting is not that great to begin with. You know, Yeah, cosplayer knocks you and you crush the book. Yeah, yeah. Someone hit you with his sword and that's it. Right, that's why I think it's, that's that's you know uh, that's why I think a lot of people like to buy graded books because you don't have to do that. No, and it's true, hundred percent. Yeah, it is what it is. What it, it is. is. You got to yeah. pay that premium. You know, there's, there's no argument on the grade there. You know, you don't have to worry about damaging it. I you mean, know what you're you getting. Do, yeah. And if it's a deal you don't know, you don't have to worry about them being and honest the, about the. The grades. restoration check yeah. is is worth the price of admission just to begin with. 100%. I mean, you know, like I said, unless you go to a showroom or you go to a store or you know you're not standing at over a table with 15 people on either side i i, I would feel funny handling handling a, um, a very expensive book or letting someone handle one of my very expensive no, books or an expensive book that i'm trying to sell for somebody yeah. listen we've been trying, to, book, no we've problem, been trying to get in your house for years i don't even want to touch them i just want to look at them <laughs> <laughs> gotta make it over the electrified fence <laughs> i'll throw a mat at it let it let, let it short circuit <laughs> wow <laughs> All right, so that's a good segue, actually, into Alan's personal collection. What, wh- who? Oh. <laughs> um, so I don't know anything. Some of your favorite books that you want to talk about. Some something that you've been after for years that you know you finally got and you were super happy about. Books that you're looking for that you don't own yet. Well, that's in part oh. of Alan's key hunt later. Oh, that's <laughs> oh. I, I think, Sorry. I think I might have waited a little too long for some of the books that I, I'd like to get, but. Yeah. Uh, I remember the 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 uh, when I got my Spider-Man one, I was congratulated on the purchase. I, that was the first time that ever happened. That's funny. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> on the, you know. Well, wait, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man one or Sp- no Spider-Man one? Hey, I was, oh, okay. you know, uh, whoever I, you know when I finally picked it up, I was congratulated by everybody that saw what, it. What do you so. have a nine six? <laughs> oh yeah, right. it's a five five. Yeah, here's a mile high copy. Wait, yeah, the Spider-Man one you have is five five. Yeah. You mean Amazing Fantasy 15? That's also a 5-5. Five, five. <laughs> oh, <they're both. laughs> Match set. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies. Cool. Cool. You're a 5-5 five, five is a very, very respectable... I was talking about this with yeah, Matt I before. I like 5 fives. It's actually a very respectable grade. It's um, A lot of 5-5s five present very, very well. And uh, any of the defects either are hidden or there's numerous small defects it's not one big disgusting blemish on the book that really takes away its eye appeal. Gotcha. Mm. I mean, I've seen a ton of six fives that look like garbage, and you know, five O's, five fives that are really presentable. I, I rather have that. I rather oh, have a hundred percent. Yeah. So, mm. out of the stuff that you have, and maybe even the stuff you don't have, you kind of mentioned this earlier with the modern books. What stuff, like it could be older stuff, that has really surprised you by like the jump in price? I mean, I know like. Hulk 181, like giant size, are the hot books right now. But are there any other ones that you can think of that, you know, since you've been collecting so long? Take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've seen things get hot and cool down right away, like uh, Batman Adventures 12. You couldn't touch it for a while. Now no one's even asking for it anymore. Wait, really? (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm out of the game I'm out of the game at this uh, a bit. last few shows no think one, I'm not looking to get rid of my yeah. no one has been uh, <laughs> expressing any interest in, in 
in that book. I think really? when the, I think when the, wow. that movie comes out again, it'll it'll start There's to waves get a stride. That, yeah, know. with stuff like that, I think it's it's wave. I mean, that book's never gonna go, be nothing. No, no, I mean, she's I, a I major character. So. She's <sighs> had her own title for a very long time now. Harley Quinn, of course. I sold so many copies of number twelve for fifty bucks, dude. Hey, listen, I know. Man, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do when you gotta do it. Yeah. But you gotta hold on to some of your stuff. Uh. <laughs> oh, I still have another copy, yeah. but it's part of the run. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I'm amazed that, that uh, uh, what's that? Uh, Edge of Spider Verse three, I think it is. Two, the, two, two yeah, Spider Gwen. Oh. Spider Gwen, rather. I. I had no clue that this was going to take off the way so it did. i got super lucky with mine i had the black uh, oh the way the uh, the uh, the era yeah so i had it, it was 90 it was, it was signed by both um writer and creator it was it latour and jason latour rodriguez and robert rodriguez so i didn't even realize this was a thing and then i was like oh well this is interesting i was like let me just look at my copy and i was just like i looked at it compared it was like yeah mine's the black arrow one <laughs> I sold it for nine hundred dollars. Oh my god! Did you know it was? Did you buy it knowing that it was an error? I did not know. I didn't know until after it was graded. Honestly, that's awesome. Yeah. Was yours listed as errors errored? It's it. They don't list. They don't list it. No, they don't list it. But you can tell. So the the person who bought it from me asked for multiple pictures. I took. I actually had my wife. They're like, uh, it kind of looks like there's some shading here. I had to call my wife at home. I was like. I need to take more pictures of this book. This is where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And the guy's like, yeah, it's it's definitely the thing. Because like, there's no hint of purple. It's completely black. And there's one that like, – so the first printing, it's it's a hint of black, but it's you can still see the purple. This, you couldn't see the purple at all. The background was completely seamless And it's not listed on black. the label. No, but if you go on like that error web – what's that error website? Like, There's a website where it yeah. tells you like – biggest errors and like you know recalled issues and stuff like that i forgot the name of the website but it's actually good for stuff like that nice that's pretty cool but yeah, yeah that book is surprisingly uh, she's a huge guy and i think she's gonna get bigger too well i, mean, I she almost kicked myself in the butt for letting that go at that price yeah i've got the shade of purple little shade of purple yeah mine. and it's and it's it's hard if you're yeah. if you don't you see it tell. in person it's hard to tell like you yeah. really need to see that in person especially yeah. when it's graded because with the with the reflection, it's it's hard to tell when you're not in person looking at it. That's true. I'm yeah. happy with my copy. Yeah. And mine signed nice. and graded nine eight. Wow. Thank, thank you, Royal Collectibles. Good, thank you, Royal. That. That's, <laughs> right, that's right. Wow. Good deal. Thanks for the deal. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's cool, Alan. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about, we were chatting about this a little bit before, is I don't know how to phrase it. Kind of the future of the hobby in terms of prices. Because we've seen some crazy, like, mm. like you guys said, we've seen some pretty crazy price hops in the last couple of years, especially last year with Hulk 181. Um, how high do you see everything going? And do you think that there's a plateau? I thought the plateau was going to happen already. I, I just, uh, I, I don't understand why Hulk 181 is going so high. I mean, it's not that it's a rare book. It isn't. Giant X also is not a rare book. There's a lot of them out there. What do you think is causing that? It's the movies. movies. The movies. So now that Disney has officially bought Fox, there's going to be 10 more years of high relevancy of those characters. And now they, they might not be good. If they fail, those books will crash. Yep. But if they knock it out of the park, I don't see – I'll be honest. I think it'll plateau once those movies first get released, and then I think it'll kind of sit there for a while and then come a little bit down. I don't see it coming lower than where it is right now. I'll be honest with you. Like no. how how do you expect Wolverine? There's so many of them out there. I know I keep I know I keep saying the, that, but there's the, the lower so many. grade. Yeah, it's called RecalledComics.com, by the way. Oh, the, cool. uh, the website I was referring to. 
I just I don't, I don't see it. It's Wolverine. Like He's the, the second most popular character they have. <sighs> like 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 right now, it's not rare, but it's very desirable. Listen, it's gonna get to a point where it's supply and demand. Yeah, it's gonna get to a point where it's still not rare and not as desirable. What happens? It's possible. You know, I, my I, question is, how far do these things go down? I I don't think the high grade stuff will ever go down though. I'm talking like seven and above. It's gonna stay. Mm-hmm. It's gonna stay pretty consistent. The the cheaper stuff, sure, maybe. Um, you might be able to get like the raw copies that are a little beat up for, you know, once the popularity dwindles. But that's all you're gonna see on those books now are raw, co- lower grade raw copies. Yeah. Everything, in my opinion, above a seven zero, seven five are already graded. Probably, yeah, probably right. Probably yeah. 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 They're, it's very hard to find a raw copy of these books. You know what's funny though? I haven't seen a lot of nine eights. Not a, a lot of nine eights. In, in what? In the one eighty one. I've seen I've seen definitely more on the giant side. I haven't seen a lot of uh, nine eights on the Hulk one eighty one, because I think people actually read those. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen lots of nine sixes. I haven't seen a ton <laughs> of nine eights in that book. I just looked at the prices of Hulk one eighty one. Well, that's the thing too. The the nine eights what at, at its peak were forty five thousand was uh, the highest one ever sold. I'm forty five thousand. Forty five thousand. What? I think thirty five. Thirty five thousand. Wow, was I'm, the highest the nine eight went for. I'm just looking at recent sales, and I, Dude, I, it's crazy. I sold a copy for a buddy uh, four or five years ago, and I just saw one that has the Marvel value stamp missing. Sell for the price that I sold his like seven oh seven five. But it doesn't affect the story. <laughs> <laughs> they never do. It yeah. was smart. So, do we know of anything? Is there anyone? Is there any copies higher than a nine eight? Have we seen? Is there not mm-hmm. even? Not even have we seen? But have you I'll heard? I'll be honest. I Very think easy to find out. Just I go on the. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm on the census. Third right party now, greater I census. I think there's a nine. <laughs> I think there's a nine nine. Is there really? I think there might be a nine nine out there. Mm-hmm. Huh. But it was sold so long ago that I don't think it. You can even you know compare with the price. It might have been like twelve thousand. It's probably one nine nine. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I don't know if there's more than one, but I what saw. The I saw it say? sold for about twelve thousand dollars, and but this was a long time ago. That's crazy. That's uh, nuts. Toy Story's on it. Oh, standby, yeah. standby. Um, so any other books that you can think of while hold he's up, researching? Hold up. No, it's all good. The total graded Hulk 181 is 9,379. <laughs> That's not that That's many. just universal. Okay. There's 199. There is 199. 117 nine eights. 294 nine A lot of people sitting on those. They probably sit on yeah. yeah. How many 9-2s? 608. Do you have a 9-2? I have a 9-2. Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted. I wanted a 9-2 and then the price just... I was looking... I was into trying to buy one when it was in like the 3000 range. Now I, I won't touch it. And that wasn't... A, and that, that wasn't... A, that was not two. That was three years ago maybe. I yeah. was with you. And yeah. That wasn't was really look, the best copy either. No, it was just... It was faded, it, right? Yeah, the cover wasn't pretty. It was It was the worst 9-2 I've ever seen of any book. I remember <laughs> that actually. Yeah, and I was just like... And even crazy. even uh, Caro... Was with me. He uh, he talked to me later. He's, He's like, like, "Don't buy that." I'm glad you didn't buy that book. I was like, "Oh, thanks. I feel better yeah, about yeah. it now." But even then, like, just the value of it, like, I could have sold it for mm-hmm. like what, twelve thousand? Yeah, <laughs> eight thousand. So <laughs> even though it's got a nine two rate on it, people are picky about what their copies look like. Oh yeah, right. yeah, you're right. Yeah, that would have been a hard sell. Yeah. It, it would have. Like, I still, I, I don't just blindly look at a grade when I buy a book. You know, I, I still think look people would have bought it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you have to be sure. happy with what you buy. Them. I mean, if you if you're not happy with what you buy, you're gonna want to upgrade it, and you're gonna spend more money. And the yeah, thing exactly. was, like, that was a book. Was like, I wasn't really looking to sell that. Like, you know, that was something that I wanted. Like, yourself. I like the character. It's like, you know, there's stuff that I'm looking to sell and that I see there's value in. There's stuff that I just want for my personal. That's life. something yeah. to hang on to. That character is yeah. never going away. No, never. I mean. 
they've killed him what twice now and he's come back he's <laughs> not going anywhere <laughs> what I'm curious to see and I haven't paid attention I, you know for the past several weeks uh, people have been asking for X-Men 101 and the movie I mis- I've heard it didn't do that well no, no it did not did anyone now, here see it you think that's going no. to affect the <laughs> so price of I think it's going to cool down absolutely yeah yeah because yeah. I, I want one, but I'm waiting. You know what? But people have been looking. That's another book people have always been kind of looking for too. Yeah. And like I, I never picked it up when I was trying to do my full run because I was just like, ah, it seems a little pricey for this book, and it yeah. doesn't make sense to me why it's mm. like the Phoenix cool, but it's still Jean Grey. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Yeah. It's just a kind of. An I feel the way about Spidey One Hundred One. Morbius. Yeah. But that's at least that's the first. Been, I got that recently, different but it's character. Maybe a different character. <laughs> it's at least a different character. Like that's it's still Jean Grey. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Um, uh, technically, it isn't the same yeah, character. It's an yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. It, it just took her likeness. Now. We didn't find that out until Fantastic Four two eighty six. Yeah, but I think they retconned that, didn't they? <laughs> uh, well, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so what eras do you guys see always holding their value? Even uh, if there's like lulls in the in the market. What. What books? Yeah, well, well like, like what eras of comics? Silver gold Age. Silver. Oh yeah, silver, silver. Golden. Yeah, I think it's gold and silver. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think the because the moderns are so hot right now? Do you think those are going to hold value? It depends on the book. It depends on the character. If the character has staying power, I think. I mean, most of the books that are worth money is like the problem with a lot of these variants. I'll say the variants no. I think the variant kind of market will die out. It's like oh well, this is one in seven thousand. It's like mm-hmm. all right, that's cool. I still don't want it though, <laughs> but it's, it's still not, the same copy yeah. that was yeah. that Insi- they did ten thousand no, copies yeah, of. The inside, there's nothing different on it though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still remanufactured scarcity. Right yeah, there. versus but, Walking Dead one, which only has seven thousand copies because that's all that was printed. But you know, that's even come down in price. It has, yeah. A lot. Hey, Matt, did Ozzy ever tell you the story of how I talked him out of buying a Walking Dead? One? Oh, he has many times. <laughs> He's used an explicitative and then says Alan and then explicitative again. I just Alan. looked at him and I said, I said sorry. Uh, you should just buy him one as a friend. Sure. Yeah. Wait till I it mean, cools down. This was like, this is what is this? It was like 2011. You know, it was a long time. It was a year after the series started. And I'm like, it's, it's an image comic. It's a black and white image. I'm thinking Spawn 1. A million copies of Spawn 1 were printed, okay? Now, Spawn heating up now is crazy. You, you noticed that, too. Was this book yeah. a 9-9? I don't think so. Yeah. It looked really nice. Yeah. Maybe it was a 9-8. <laughs> I heard it He has no definitive proof that that book. There were only two 9-9s on the census. And I actually saw one because someone came around trying to sell uh, a 9-9. Mm. Wow, and um, I I don't think that was the uh, that was the book. What, what did Ozzy lose that at? I don't know. What, do you remember what the guy was asking for? He wanted a thousand. He would take nine hundred. Oh. <laughs> eh. I, I think Ozzy's it, point it, was it was it was definitely a nine. Ozzy felt it without a doubt. It was a nine nine. Mm. It didn't it, it capped at like fifteen to two thousand dollars? Right? It capped. It capped. Yeah. Sure. Mm. So, but you, now it's down to twelve hundred. Yeah. Like. Wow. You mentioned something pretty cool. What's what like what have you seen people trying to sell at shows? Oh, like yeah, what kind of cool stuff do you find like that people try and sell? Oh, you? This like is you mentioned the 99 Walking Dead 1. What else? Last week at uh, question, what show was last week? Eternal Con. Eternal, Eternal Con. Con. Some guy comes over and says, "Oh, you buy books?" I says, "Yeah, what do you got?" He pulls out a uh, FF1 <gasps> Stanley Signature 6.0. <laughs> I'm I'm looking around. I'm saying, 
what do you want for it? I'm all, I won't take anything less than 30000 I said, nobody here is going to buy that for $30,000. Did you tell him that? Yeah. I said, this is the wrong show to, to sell this at. Mm-hmm. I said, why are you selling it? Oh, well, I had a big fight with my girlfriend, and she's going to destroy it. I said, oh, well. Well, well that's when you go put it in a safe. <laughs> I said, so good luck. Go safety deposit box. No, he didn't mean she was going to destroy it. She means she probably paid for it, and he's trying to sell it. <laughs> Whatever the case was, that was not the it's show not to the sell right that show. book at. No, no, no definitely way. not. I wonder if that was his oh. book at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's uh, true. I mean, I could make assumptions, but I just don't know. He had it, and uh, you know, uh, they say possession is nine tenths of the law, and the fact that he had it—that was the other nine tenths. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! What series is that from? Quick. I don't know. That was an Archie Bunkerism. I love that guy. <laughs> he was a he was a darling man in real life. I just want you to know that he was. Oh, Carol O'Connor, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Look, we don't wait. We didn't. We don't need no alternatives. All we need is something else to do. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is he goes. Don't listen to the college boy because number one, he's unemployed, and two, he don't work. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. He was great. I'm gonna go home and watch that. Hey, we made another segue. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right. So I think we should just probably get into the games at this point, right? The yeah. Game segment, and then we'll uh, we'll do some closing yeah. stuff. We have a little game segment. Well, between. well, before we do that, yeah. I just wanted to make mention. You know, you mentioned that uh, you know doing working the shows uh, uh now you know currently who i'm working with I, I'm, I'm i'm sort of dealing in more of the newer books mm-hmm. and i i see that uh people are going nuts over immortal hulk that's like that's huge really yeah. yeah huge huge interesting i see mortal that all hulk, over facebook huge. i have every issue i don't understand what the hype is actually that's have a lie i sold the first one at the last show we did did you read it no Ah, so the series is actually really cool. I heard, oh yeah, <laughs> I, to, I also told you this came out. The series is less than a year old, and uh, yeah, year about yeah. It, so. I'm actually reading a lot of my books digitally, so okay. I buy stuff that I like the look of. Not always the covers, right? Number. And and the books I'm reading, like Spider Man, I'm gonna. It's a dynamite cover, babe. It's a dynamite cover, babe. Dynamite cover. You have to tell him about this. I want him to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I should reach out to yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, segue. Yeah, uh, Yeah, but no, there's a, a lot of hot modern books. You're not wrong. Spawn is like killing now, especially the uh, the homage covers. I mean, the, the yep. cover, and that's mostly uh, what it is. Those covers are amazing. The, what what they just had, they had an error one recently too, right? They, they did. Where, yeah. where some of the book was printed in uh, black and white and some of it was color. Yes. Yeah, I have one of those too. What <laughs> was the issue you told me about before to look out for? Spawn issue? That's like really hot right now. Uh, 240, 240? Is, is, is a hot book. Why is it hot? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I've randomly been trying to get the Angela cover. I just it's want probably a, U, a the UPC Angela cover, 9-8. Uh, Spawn 9? Yeah. Huh. I, I love yeah that. A lot I of those books, the print run cover. was pretty long. Uh, yeah. Even in the 90s? No, no, no. no. The, oh, the, the, late, like, the later ones, like the uh, 150 and up, I think. Yeah, mid, mid-100s and higher, like the print runs are stupid low. See, wow. I, know, I know modern stuff a little bit, sort of, here and there. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know, you know plenty. Don't don't sell yourself short. You know you know you do. <laughs> I, I just think I, I I had the chance of buying a couple of uh, Spider Verses for cheap, and I said, yeah, <laughs> again, but with, with like The Walking Dead. Yeah. I, I mean, I can get one now at a, at yeah. a reasonable price, but I just I, I don't know. Um, Listen, if if it's not something you're looking to collect, I mean, like how you don't really sell that often either, right? You do occasionally, but. Most of the buying you're doing is for your personal collection, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it's not something you're looking to keep... Oh, I'm you're, buying you're a lot really of doubles and triples, too, out. to <laughs> sort of trade bait. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, and that might not be I a bad idea to do that. stuff like that, too. <laughs> You've been what? I benefit greatly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we made a couple of uh, deals in the yeah. past. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I'm just gonna double check that you have my number too. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. All right. Shall we go into let's the, get into this game? Yeah. So it's gonna be you versus Zach. Alan versus Zach. Oh, this Zach. is called Beat a Geek, by the way. Yeah. Beat a Geek. Do you want to ask questions? They're all geeks here. Oh, should I do it? Yeah. There you go. I don't, I don't have my reading glasses. I'll just put my sunglasses. We on. really should come Did up you with check a, these like before? a check game, them for game show music to go yeah, into. Yeah, we ha- I'll, I'll get them. We have a guy. Check them for current. We got a guy for that. All right, so our guest usually goes first. And so just how are we doing this? Four out of seven. Four out of seven? Yeah, four out of seven. No one gets the question right. And whoever gets the number right. Okay. (laughs) All right, we're going to figure it out on the way. Sorry, I was busy at work. I wasn't able to iron out the details with Mr. Toy Story here. Yeah, four out of seven. All right. (laughs) I'm keeping score. Mr. Allen, your question, sir. What was the first comic book convention? What is considered, at least, the first comic book convention? The first comic book convention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No idea? Hmm. Hmm. Sorry. The false Zach. All right. Mr. Bojo. Who is this Zach you speak of? Yeah, true. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> um... I don't know what the name it was, but I, I feel like it's the one of those Phil Suling shows in the city, like the Phil Suling convention in New York City. I, I, I don't know what they were called though. Okay, so that's still the wrong answer. That's, <laughs> that, that's fine. Uh, I think you were on the right track. Did he do this show? Do we know? I don't know. No. Yeah, so it was called New York Comic Con, nineteen sixty-five. Hmm. Yep. Jim knew this, and we did. I knew this. C O M I C O N. How did you know this? Hmm. Never I would have guessed. I just I knew that random thing in random your thing that I knew. Hmm. Never would have guessed. Yeah, I was told I was wrong, but I was right. <laughs> well, no, because the spelling. I was I, I'm mistaken by your. Spelling. I don't think Phil Suling was doing that. No, no, no I don't. I don't think. Sixty-five. You said he was late. Yeah, Sixty-five. Yeah. Interesting. All right, back to Alan. What book is generally considered the start of the Silver Age, and what year did it come out? Are you talking? About <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dropping the f bombs. Come on, that's uh, is that a trick question? No, no, I don't know who added this. Start of the Silver Age, 1956, Showcase 4. Very good. Who put this question in there? Me, why? You know he has this question. (laughs) (laughs) How do I know he's going to, it's not going to go to Zach? Yes, I have the book also, so (laughs) why? All right. You always yell at me that my questions are too hard. That's one. Would you like to know what I paid for that book? Yes. Yes. That was an inch, well, we're still doing the game, but this is interesting. Is this 5-5? No, it's actually 3-5. Okay. But. That's a hard book to get. Uh. It was sort of a cash labor deal. I had to do, uh, um, I had to work the uh, a whole weekend. It was a C two E two weekend for free. Uh, my meals and alcohol were optional. I, I was <laughs> treated to that, and I had to pay. I think uh, fifteen hundred bucks. Wow! 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 Very nice. That's pretty sweet. So, and that was, uh, <laughs> I think that was twenty ten. Wow. Just in case anyone doesn't know what a showcase four is, it is the first appearance of the Barry Allen Flash. Mm-hmm. There's a Golden Age Flash as well. That's not that book. Mm-hmm. Do you have that one, the Golden Age Flash? All, all Flash Comics number one. Yeah. No, but I have the Poor Man's Flash Comics Ooh. number one, which is All Flash Quarterly. Hey. Okay. Very cool cover. That, that's that's a very cool cover. I, you know, you think about it. He's got that little weird pose. You know, it's you don't care for it. Well, that would go very well with the. Pride weekend, I believe. <laughs> Just Probably. that little pose is sort of, you know, a little flamboyant, I think. We, we, we support <laughs> every uh, th- every mind of 
crazy. But for know. a superhero, I just think they were conveying the, you know, it, it could have been, I don't know. I think, you know, in the... All right, let's move on. In the, intoler- <laughs> in the intolerant 40s, I think... Uh, <laughs> All right. Zach, was a good selling Zach, point. Zach, Zach, your question. Mm-hmm. Who is the firstborn child of Reed and Sue Richards? That's Franklin Richards. All right. Too easy. Come on. Yeah, that was my Fantastic question. Four. Fantastic Four annual number six. Yeah, I, I do. That was an annual, right? Yeah, Fantastic Four annual number yeah, six, six, first appearance in Nihilus as well, All I right. believe. Wow. Oh, damn, gonna, I have that. We're going to go back <laughs> to Alan. You can also what? mix up questions now. No, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that goes against the spirit of the game. What is the first comic appearance of Kryptonite? Good question. Yeah, this is my question. You can tell. Of course, it's good. (laughs) 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 Would you like to take a stab at this, Zach? No, I'm going to throw out a random number in a minute. So you you do your wrong random number. I'll do my wrong random number. Mm-hmm. Was it an, an adventure comic? No. Oh, then I, I don't know. Okay. Zach? Obviously, it's Action Comics number 252. Nope. I mean, I obviously did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Superman number 61. Interesting. Yeah. So, if I'm correct, Kryptonite first appeared on the radio serial, right? It did. In comics, this is the first appearance. Yeah. I like the first appearance of random objects like that, like yeah. the Batarang. I, I was like, I, there's w- there was too many like characters, and yeah. I feel like first Adamantium Avenger sixty six. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> now, would the label, would a CGC label list that, or would they? Oh, for sure. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. First Kryptonite. Kryptonite yeah, yeah, definitely. Third Some, party grading that big, company like. label. I, I think they list like Batarang and stuff. Yeah. On, Cheers. Know. We're back to Alan now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What was the first comic book to sell for over a million dollars? That's an interesting Silver one. or gold? Uh, <laughs> that's not part of the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that uh, a 9.6 AF15 sold for 1.1 million. I don't know if that would be it. Uh, you're correct. Okay. That's the there first one to sell for over. Um, you were shaking your head. In 2011. More what? What's up, Zach? What's up? What's up? What's up? Before that, there you go. At least according to my research, the highest paid for a comic was somewhere in the two hundred thousands. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that th- that wasn't paid for in a like. I think it was a trade. It was a private transaction. It was a. I know it was a private transaction where I think somebody traded a quote unquote a million dollars worth of comics for that book. That book. Hmm. But like, I don't. I don't actually think it was a stunt. Okay. Just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, so actually, actually paying money for a book. I think it was the action one, although I don't actually know. All right, we're gonna go, we're gonna go with no, no. Go, go with the go with the A15 if that's what you found on your research. Right. Should we go to the replay? No, it doesn't no, no. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> he got what he thought it was. Yeah. All right, uh, Zach. Zach, you're up. Mm-hmm. What did the acronym Shield? originally stand for when it first appeared in Strange Tales 135. Huh. I'm not buying this. <laughs> uh, we, we upped the level of the <laughs> difficulty <laughs> for these two. You're killing me. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what the S stands for. This is the uh, something hazard and uh, intelligence. 
I'm going to just drink my beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The answer was Supreme Headquarters International Espionage and Law Enforcement Division. Huh. Law Enforcement, one word. But that wasn't, was that's it? not the final that's acronym, hyphen. right? Hmm? That's not the current. No, that's not the current. So yeah. this, w- it's like strategic. When it, when it first appeared, strategic, um, this is what it was Hazard, called. intelligence, in, in espionage. Strange Tales 135, this was the, fir- the first what appearance was? of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was a reference to hmm. that. What was the first? What was the S? It was Supreme, Supreme. Headquarters, International Espionage and Law Enforcement. Law Enforcement Division. Can we go back to talking about pedigrees? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's continue the conversation. Okay. Uh, we're back to Alan, right? Yep. Who is Etrigan's alter ego? Dead air. I don't want silence air. tells it all. <laughs> too, too much silence. So that was Alan. That was your question. Do you have an answer? It's Jason Blood. Correct, sir. Ooh, Zach right. got that. So that's Zach. Put one down for nice. that. I got the showcase for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is uh this is a last question. We I don't have. like this game. <laughs> what are the only three pedigrees to contain an Action Comics one? Ooh, okay, definitely the mile highs. Um, I know the Denver collection was all ones. Was that was there an action one in the Denver collection? What was the Denver collection called? Is that the name of the pedigree? It was the Denver collection, but they were all number ones, I believe. And I don't know if an action one was part of that. There's three pedigrees that contained an action one. Okay, so I'm just going to take a step at this. I think the Denvers, the Mile Highs, and the Allentowns? Um, I don't think so. Do you know if these have another name? No. It's Mile High. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Come on, stop looking <laughs> well, at Well, we all know Mile High was... I'm sorry, I'm distracted. All right, do you know the other two, Mile High? It, I can't uh, name two other pedigrees aside from Mile High. Like, <laughs> you really think? Point. All right, so the they were... According to his research, which we've learned he might maybe shoddy just recently, <laughs> Mile High, Lamont Larson, oh, the and Kansas okay. City are the three. I don't know about the Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, Kansas City. Huh. All right. So are they tied? They're tied. Yep. Two okay. apiece. Um, no, so no, no, no. Wait. Oh, yeah. I think we should arm wrestle. All right. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> arm wrestle. <laughs> I'm going to lose that real I fast. Have, I actually I could cook up some hot dogs. I do that. Some, I Yo, I would do that. <laughs> I have some backup. Oh, oh, he's walking you? away. Uh-oh. Uh, Apparently, we're going to have some backup questions. Wow, he's got to walk away to get that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I assumed that there would be some questions about comic book grades. And <laughs> this, I, between Alan and me, I just assumed someone should be like, can you tell me what a 5-5 five five is? But <laughs> apparently not. Uh, that's, that, that's not a question you can ask because it's ambiguous. It's not ambiguous. It's a fine minus. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what you were thinking. Yeah. Okay. Oh, geez. Hold on a second here. But maybe we show we're, us. We're some, just gonna find some, one. Some pictures of I, books I and be like, "Hey, tell us what the grade is." 
based on the cover. Well, this is a fine minus right here. See, exactly. That's a Can fine I see that minus. Again? I, you know, because I had to walk away when you were talking about this, and this is just I, this is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, so, in the middle of the game, Alan just handed over the Strange Tales copy yes. that he brought up the uh, the IRS collection yeah, here JJ didn't to get JJ. To see this is just beautiful. Meanwhile, Tess is furiously scrolling. All right, yes. here we go. Okay, go for it. All right, who was the last person to get it? All right, so back uh, to you. Back to Alan. Uh, back yeah. to Alan. Alan. What is Professor X's middle name? Waldo. Wow. What'd you say? Waldo. Nope. Zach. <laughs> Edward. Nope. Francis. Oh! <laughs> oh gosh, you guys are making me waste another question. All right. All yes. Right. Fine. Zach should have known that. Zach may may nail you here, but in Batman Begins, what was used to release Scarecrow's fear toxin into the city? Really? <laughs> he's but he's he's chomping at the bit, so he knows for sure. I uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, you could say it. I don't. Uh, I like it's. Uh, we talk about like the abstract, or we talk about like the specific. We're talking about the device. <laughs> Come on, you don't know this. I would have known this off the top of my head. No, I mean he was just like a like microwave to make steam i don't know i'm gonna take that you want <laughs> <laughs> microwave i was waiting for a question like uh, who played who are the two actors that played uh, captain marvel in the old shazam series from 1973 <laughs> he was born 30 years after that <laughs> doesn't matter um yeah, it was the Wayne Enterprises microwave emitter. Oh, microwave. a microwave emitter. Like the yeah. one that they just lost. Yeah. Uh, All right. I um, didn't know the word emitter. I'm sorry. I'm really surprised okay. Zach kind of won that. But. Well, he would have won anyway because I admit defeat. My research was wrong. Yes. So it, it was the first. It was the first Silver Age comic to sell for over a million. Okay. That one. The first comic to sell for a million was that the. But it, it, it was for, it was for cash. It was, it was not for trade. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, it was it actually was a private transaction. Detective Twenty Seven. Yeah, one really? year earlier. Yeah, in 2010. So I think it was it was the Detective 27 sold. It was I don't remember if it was Action One or Detective 27. If my memory serves me correctly, it was the 27 sold for a million, and then I think like the Action One sold for like 1.1 or 1.2 mil, and then it was like 1.1. Yeah, and then that that transaction with the the Amazing Spidey happened, and I was just like, that seems wrong. That's just like there's no reason that's, that book that should have sold. <sighs> Might be the highest copy out there. It is the highest copy out there, right? I don't think there's a nine eight. I just it just seems there's not a nine an AF fifteen. Yeah, nine six is Spider Man is the biggest thing that Marvel has. Yeah, but a million bucks. Yeah, just because you don't want to spend it doesn't mean the rest <laughs> of us won't. I don't know. Right. A million bucks. Yeah. All right. So, now do you want to talk about pedigrees again? He, he, <laughs> I, I, I well, um, to- Toy Story suspended until further notice. And, uh, all right, Alan. We're going to close out here. So what we kind of are trying out is kind of like our our key hunts. Like what are we hunting down? Any books we're looking for? Today we're going to do what, what you're looking for. Anything out there that's tickling your fancy? Something our uh, listeners out there should reach out to us and <laughs> say, hey, we got this book Alan wants. <laughs> I would love to pick up an X-Men 1, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Do you have a minimum grade you want? <laughs> it's got to be a nice like a 6-0-ish. Or a nice five five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid book. Solid mm. book. Mm. Yeah, it's probably uh probably as popular as the uh the giant size X Men right now, right? I'd say a little bit less so, honestly. Uh, uh, yeah. Really? 
Yeah, people were all the, over during th- those right characters now. were awful in the original X Men. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Um, all right, so I guess that's kind of it to close out. You know, let me. I'm gonna just go back to current news. I mean, we didn't we didn't bring up this, and I, I, I'm not sure how a big deal it is to you guys, but you know, the big news out of DC this week was the closing of Vertigo. Oh my God, how did we I mean, not touch on that? I don't that? know how we. I didn't see that. Really? I don't seriously. I don't no, know I how not. we we missed that. So after what nineteen years they've been around, but twenty twenty six years, something like that, um, they're no more. Really? So they're being roped. They're being actually brought into the DC under the DC title now. So, so they're, they're what they did is since you haven't heard the news, uh, they folded all of the imprints basically. So like DC Zoom, DC Inc., which were like the kids line, it's now just under DC Kids. DC Kids. Then there's just DC for the regular titles, the main universe titles, and anything that w- would have been like a Vertigo esque title is is going to be folded into DC Black Label. So stuff mm-hmm. like the Sandman and the Preacher and all that. Well, is that why they did um, Swamp Thing? They just released, I think, next Wednesday, um, the Joker book the Lieber Mayhell that and, was um, actually this week oh, was that was Batman Dam number three came out yeah, this that week. came out that no, no, came no, no, out no, no, this week no no not that one Lieber the Mayhel Joker Tiger Joker. the Joker the the Joker that cover the book that came out oh. a while ago Azarello? they're really they're re-releasing that next week under the black label title so that actually the makes trade a paperback a hundred percent sense I haven't read it but I read uh a synopsis of the the most recent Batman Damned issue it seems like it takes place directly after Joker the graphic novel. I'll be honest, I did hear about this. It wasn't that big a deal to me because I've never read any Vertigo titles. It makes sense why they would do it is because I think at least right now, people are not don't know what Vertigo is. They don't know it's associated with DC. Like it's kind oh. of like standing out there. It's kind of tr- so their idea was kind of trying to be an image comics but still under the DC umbrella, correct? So no, so Vertigo started off as as creator owned books. Um some of it was where the mature line of comics mm-hmm. like kind of started like some of the more mature titles. Swamp Thing wound up there, Hellblazer wound up there. Um Preacher. You know, Preacher absolutely was underneath there. It was anything that like, you know, I guess DC saw like as being a good property, as a good title, getting some really good creators, you know, underneath their 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 publishing umbrella. Um, there have been some great Vertigo books, and I think that there was a they they redid the the creator agreements a few years back, um, and it really took the, the kind of the teeth out of what the creators could accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there was a, a matter of like optioning rights for movies or something along those lines, or it wasn't like full creative ownership on you. the on the titles. So you didn't see as much come out that was. I don't know, as big as something like as Preacher or as um, Why the Last Man. Yeah. I, I think Why the Last Man was probably the last big. Uh, Why the Last Man was a pretty big title. Jeff Lemire cut his teeth on Sweet Tooth. That was a recent good vertical book, but that one also probably ended in 2010, 2011. Yeah. Brian Wood did Northlanders, um, Scalped by Jason Aaron and R.M. Guerra is like unbelievably good if you haven't read that read it was fables on, Vert- on vertigo? fables was fables probably on the last yep. major vertigo book before. i just saw the scalp one last week oh, yeah. scalped is a fantastic yeah. series if you haven't read i don't know if it's going to be a tv series or not but it's just begging to and, be and there was a lot of tv series that came out of the vertigo books I mean, oh yeah. absolutely lucifer i mean that was one and that's I zombie been all... was another one. Oh my god i forgot about eyes I, I mean i had a whole yeah. run of that some mm-hmm. preacher came out that was great preacher came why the last man's coming out mm-hmm. some big i mean these are pretty big books too. I mean, they sold for some money. I would, I, I thought. I mean, listen, you know, you figure I'm not going to be the one to, to stand up for the big, you know, corporation. But if you were losing out, if you were kind of like pushing these books out and not seeing the revenue on the backside from it and just from the books, it's like, 
you might want to rearrange, you know, the deal as well. The the problem is Image Comics was out out vertigoing vertigo. Oh, yeah. So where do you go from there? Yeah, yeah. There's a they just a, did another announcement which I read this morning, I think, um, that Joe Hill is going to have his own little pop-up line yep. under DC Black Label called Hill Hill Street Comics or Hill Comics or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Joe Joe Hill is a, is a horror writer. Uh, also happens to be the son of Stephen King, although he he publishes under Joe Hill because he didn't want the King name to right. kind of. Um, That's not Stephen King's pen name. That's his actual. No, name? no. Uh, Stephen King's pen name was Richard Bachman. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, no, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son, and his books are fantastic. No, I understood what you're saying. I was saying that that wasn't. The pen no, name. no, 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 no. It is. Yes, Stephen okay. King is his real name. Okay. Um, he wrote Nosferatu, right? Yeah, he wrote Nosferatu. He wrote one of my all-time favorite horror books, uh, Heart Shaped Box. Like if you that's haven't a, read Heart Shaped Box, Box, that's a good Amazing. Awesome. Yes. Um, so he's going to have his own little pop-up line of horror comics, and I read the synopses of each, and if you ask me what they are right now, I don't know. I can't tell you exactly titles and da-da-da, but, like, all of them sounded cool. Mm. Like, all of them sounded cool. Okay. If they're done well, I might be buying more books again. Nice. There you go. Maybe I'll start buying yeah, books. Yeah, I figured I should mention that. No, it's no, a that's, fantastic no, yeah, that thing a, to point that's out. That's definitely a good uh, bring-up. Awesome. All right, so I guess in terms of announcements, we're uh, JJ and I are going to be heading to is it New Jersey Fan Fest tomorrow? Fan Fest, yep. Yeah, we're going to check that show out. Uh, well, this would have already happened, so That's don't come right. see us. <laughs> and where and where are you going uh, yesterday? Uh, yesterday, <laughs> I would have gone to uh, Garden State Comic Fest, and the only reason I'm going to New Jersey twice and nothing against people who live in New Jersey, I just don't care <laughs> for it personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Skeletor is going to be at Garden State Comic Fest. I don't even know what else is going on there. I don't know if other people are going to be there, but Alan Oppenheimer, the voice of Skeletor from Filmation, is going to be there, (coughs) and I'm going to go. I'm going to get something signed. Are you going to be in there for literally like five minutes? Um, Probably. I don't really – I'm not looking to buy any books right now. Um, You going to bring your uh, DC Presents 47 there? Uh, is it 47? Uh, 48, 47, 49, um, somewhere in there. Know? Yeah. 47. Hey. <laughs> so ding, I have ding, that ding. signed by Delph Lundgren. And uh-huh. I don't think I'm going to crack it again. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm going to probably, I think I just got um, one of those Super 7 figures. Okay. The um, the Skeletor ones. I got a, the He-Man and the, uh, the Skeletor, the ones that look like the them from the filmation series but like modernized mm-hmm. uh, and i'm probably just gonna have them sign that and maybe that. some other cool surprise stuff that i'm not gonna mention Ooh. <laughs> yeah so i, I yeah from fan fest would be kind of cool it's yeah. more of like a walker stock yeah type of thing. i mean i'm kind of going because danielle panabaker yeah like my one of my favorite characters from uh flash which I, i'm trying to catch up on now and it, it's not as good as when I first started. It's hard to catch up with the Flash. Yeah, he's always he's always <laughs> just ahead of me. <laughs> and I'm going to be bringing my Star Wars poster. Yeah, which, which guy's there? Oh, she. Uh, she it's I'm sorry. Kaylee Fleming. She was actually played young Ray in the, oh, the little girl. The little girl. She's actually in Walking Dead. She actually plays Judith in the Walking yes. Dead. Yes, oh. yes. Uh, but she was also uh, young Ray in the Force Awakens. So, um, how old is I'm, she? She's young, right? Like, like seven, seven, eight. She's signing. She's signing. Yeah. Wow. So. I no, figured some strange things to it. I figured I'm gonna yeah, get her like 14. I I don't think she's this young. I no, she's old, young. Dude. Is she really? She's young. Um, I think she uh, might be like 10 or 12. May, 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 I, I, would, I don't know. I I would think she's yeah. young. Huh. Um. So she's yeah, she's seven. Gonna, she's going to. Uh, yeah, I was there. I think she's seven. I'm gonna get her to sign my Star Wars poster. That's really cool. 
And who's so. the other person? Uh, it's a Walking Dead. My wife once. Um, oh, oh, so um, it's not two Star Wars people. No, just him. Okay. Uh, Austin Amilo. Does he play? Um, oh, he's Dwight from Walking Dead. Dwight. Yeah, yeah. Dwight. Hmm. Huh. Um, okay. My wife is a big fan of him, so she wants his autograph. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, you know, briefly check these shows out. Um, I think Chris different Campana different shows is going to be at uh, Garden State on Sunday oh, cool. too. Uh, there's a there's and a cool Billy guy. Tucci will be there too. Uh, oh yeah, he will. <laughs> um, from Keep Justice, I have um kind of a project that I'm working on with him that we're going to kind of be announcing at a later date that I just want to talk to him about. But yeah, just kind of catching up with people, meeting those like uh, celebrities that we mentioned. And that's kind of it. Any anything else going Very on? Nice. I think that's um, it. just one thing I want to put out there. Uh, we have mentioned that we're going to do a book club. Um, it's probably going to be on Twitch. We're going to try and get it interactive. Initially, we were shooting for July. I think it's probably more likely that you're going to hear more news August. about that launching in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of bear with us. We're really excited about that. We haven't decided officially on the book yet either. That'll also be announced soon, but um, we're really looking forward to doing that. And again, uh, we can't tell you enough. Um, if you want to really keep up with us, follow us on social media. Uh, if you ever want to reach out to us like outside of social media, request at licomicguys.com is a great way to interact with us. And... Um, any other ways you guys can no just, just social media Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Instagram a uh, book club huh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like my uh, like my detention days <laughs> oh well it would be more about reading the same book and kind of d- discussing oh, it oh okay yeah just, just and we're gonna do it live yeah. so we're gonna do, we're gonna go live doing yeah. it so this could be interesting. The yeah. teacher in me loves the fact that something good came out of detention. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> yeah. For any of my students listening out there, just saying. <laughs> it's funny. One of the, remember I mentioned one of the kids was sketching a cover? Uh, uh, th- did I mention that? Yeah, 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 you did. One of the kids was sketching a cover. He turned out to be like a world-renowned blues musician. Really? He really? was a wow. very famous blues guitarist. I guess it's because yeah. he stopped drawing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, by the way, I, I don't think I mentioned it again at licomicguys.com, uh, at licomicguys yep. across all social media. Yep. Yep. Alan, how can how, how would you like people to get in touch with you? Don't. <laughs> I find knew you. you were going to say that. I <laughs> knew it. Alan, you know how many more books we could get you in contact with if you got into social media? Uh, you've been saying that you fun. should. Yeah, you've yeah. been saying oh, that you it's should always get into the hunt. Stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, as usual, guys. Until next time. Don't be the geeks. <laughs>